Hey, so I had a gentleman ask me uh, yesterday, not yesterday, uh, the other day, uh, he was trying to figure out how to play grooves in 13 uh, with his band, and he asked me, how do I do so? So uh, I quickly explained to him how things were done um, or how you should go about trying to play a groove in 13. So I'm going to give an example for you guys of how I explained to him how to play a groove in 13. So basically it's going to be like this, count it off, and it's going to be one, two, three, four. Motherfucker, ain't nobody playing grooves in 13. You can't get paid playing grooves in 13. Ain't nobody going to shake their booty. That's why you fucking broke. Play 4-4, four, four, motherfucker. And that's how you play a groove in 13. Thank you. The Bar Star Podcast is a show that aims for something a little different. It's hosted by a drummer who thinks he's a musician. But let's be honest. I know and you know that drummers are not musicians, right? Or are they? Hang on a second. Who wrote this crap? This is garbage. Nobody's going to listen to a show put on by somebody they haven't heard of. Stupid. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Bar Star Podcast. I am your host, Stephen O'Reilly. I want to thank you guys for coming back once again to hang out with my dumbass. I know I haven't posted a show in a month and I don't want to fucking hear it. I appreciate you coming back. I appreciate the ratings and the reviews. Keep those coming, please. And if you have a couple extra seconds, go give me a five-star rating or a uh, nice little view that feeds my ego and makes me feel not so useless. I'm so useless. I'm just kidding. Uh, you guys have been awesome and I appreciate it. I appreciate the downloads. Keep them coming. Thank you for the support. You guys have been kicking ass and I appreciate it. I hope everybody is doing well. I hope everybody had a good month, I guess. Good week, whatever. And uh, I'm going back to the old one because the world is slowly reopening, which means... I hope you guys went out and did some shit. That audio clip that started this episode belongs to the gentleman that I had the pleasure of hanging out with. And it is a one Mr. Brian Christopher Mendez. That clip is from a video that a lot of my drummer buddies sent me two or three years ago whenever Brian posted it. And I laughed my ass off for a month or several months because that shit was fucking funny. And because of that video, I started following Brian and checking out his shit. He's a great player, uh, funny dude. He's got some really cool opinions, and he's got some really interesting takes on music and drumming. So I reached out to him, and I said, hey, would you like to be on the show? And he uh, took a really long time to get back to me. I think he was stalking me. It was kind of fucking weird. But he replied and said, sure, he would like to be on the show. And we had a lot of fun. This might be one of my top five favorite shows because, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first show I've ever done where the person I had on the show, who I was hanging with, I have never spoken a word to. Brian and I have never spoken to each other at all, and I don't think I've ever done that in the history of the show. 
So it was pretty cool. It was as if him and I just met at a bar and figured out, hey, we both play drums. Let's talk shit. And that's what we did. He's got a lot of great opinions. He's got a few bones to pick with metal drummers. So be forewarned, kids. Brian and I geek out on some drum speak in this episode. So if that shit turns you off, um, I don't know what else to tell you. Listen at your own risk or whatever. Now, before I get to my hang with Brian, it is worthy to note that, yes, I am posting this on Friday. But more importantly, it was a year ago today that we had the first rehearsal for the Delano tour. I can't fucking believe it's been a year already. It just seems like it was a couple months ago. Time is flying. The Rona, that bitch done fucked everything up. Nobody has a sense of normalcy or actual time anymore. So it's just all weird. But I just wanted to kind of throw that out and let you know how fast time is going. A year ago is when the fucking Delano tour happened. And uh, wow, amazing how fast a year goes by of course i mean it's also been mar april for 97 days but whatever so anyway just a quick thank you to all you guys that supported me on that tour and uh thank you to delana for having me and thank you to steve sizemore and ben noble for being fucking amazing and to petra the tallest chick tour manager ever she's awesome she kicks ass So that's it. I'm out of here. I'm going to talk to you guys on the other side of this. So please enjoy. Grab a tissue because you're going to need it because there's some good laughs in this one. My conversation with the one Brian Christopher Mendez. Yes. All right, cool. I'm supposed to tell you. I like them drums, by the way. I actually get to tell you that in person. Them shits is pretty. Stop rubbing mm. them. You gonna make me? You <laughs> rub. All right. So I am looking at a very handsome, handsome drum kit. Oh, and this dude too. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, hey, that's Mr. cold-blooded. Hey, hey man. <laughs> that's cold-blooded. I'm just kidding, man. I, I am chatting via or via, however you say that word. I don't really give a shit. With a one, Mister. Brian Christopher Mendez. How are you, my friend? Man, I am fantastic. Awesome. Uh, dude, I'm good. I can't complain. Nobody'd listen anyway. This is true. This is true. This is true. <laughs> so before we do anything, I want to say thanks for taking the time to to chat on my on my silly little podcast. Uh, it is a, my labor of love, and I've gotten to meet some really cool people on it. And before we go anywhere, let me tell my seven or eight listeners I have now. I'm just kidding. I have a few more than that. Um, how I discovered you. Somebody sent me a video of you explaining how you know exactly where I'm going. And I've never even told you this, how to play a groove in 13. And man, I laughed my ass off for a month over that damn video. That shit (laughs) made me laugh so hard. That shit was awesome. So before we start anywhere, what, what made you decide to do that video? Cause that shit was awesome, man. I, all right. So it was, the result was very unintentional, man. Like it was a joke that I thought literally a couple of friends of mine would uh, laugh at. You know what I mean? Right, like right. I, 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 I was having a rehearsal 
So the story backs up to I was literally having a rehearsal that day. Right. And um, we were playing. It's a, it's like this blues slash guitar slinger I was playing for. Right. right. Really, really great guitarist here in town. He's, he's like a child prodigy. Right. He's a grown man now. But, right. um, Wait, f- sorry. Sidebar for those of that don't know. You're in Nashville, correct? No, no, no. I'm in Austin, Texas. Oh, you're in, in Austin, Austin, Texas. Yes. Oh, I apparently yeah. suck at geography. I thought you were in Nashville for some reason. Well, you anyway, know, Nashville, Austin, you know. <laughs> Central time zone, whatever. Yeah, you know, whatever, whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, no, man, um, so I was rehearsing. We had this uh, bass player that um, we were doing a song in seven. Right. Which was kind of odd because the guy was like mainly blues, right? Right. But he had a, he had this one song in seven, man, and the bass player was having a little bit of a hard time with it. And after a point, I just sat there thinking to myself, why do we have this song in seven in the first place, man? You know, like, and now I'm not opposed to seven. Right. I love, I love uh, prog rock. You know, like I grew up listening to Rush. Yes. Uh, you know, early Genesis. And I listen now to like animals as leaders and, and periphery and, I listened to a bunch of like progressive heavy stuff. Right. Right. So that was, that wasn't the issue. It was just that, you know, we're playing this blues stuff. People are going to be in the dance floor. And next thing you know, you get the song in seven and it's not even like a cool groovy seven. It's not even a like shred- a thing seven or something. <laughs> no, no, it, it's straight up. Like, you know, it's like, it's guitar just wanking and, and playing all these. So anyway, um, I got home and, I was practicing on the drums, and I said, man, I'm going to make a video about this. But then um, I realized a gentleman had already made a video, like a year before me, uh, talking about Seven. And right. the joke was, you know, it's really easy to play in Seven. All you got to do is just count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It was yeah, it was funny as hell. And he goes, "Man, you can do that. You can." He's, he he started demonstrating all these different you know styles of music playing in seven, and he, he just was he was literally playing seven, right? <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, I can't do that, man." You know, like um, but what I'm feeling, seven drummers right now laughing their asses off at that. <laughs> yeah, and 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 I. I said to myself, well, I can't do that, man. But, you know, I need to stay true to what I was originally thinking was like, man, come on, man. let's just play the damn song in 4-4, right? Um, and so I made up this story that, you know, the student of mine uh, asked me to play the groove in 13. And when I did it, I posted it. And I literally thought, man, like, it's a geek. It's a geek thing, right? It's uh, only some people going to get it. And only so many people are going to care. So I was thinking, like, I literally thought maybe I'd get, like, seven, like, <laughs> you know, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't even think about shares at the minute. I just thought people were going to laugh, comment, and I would get maybe ten tops, ten. Right, like and some of your friends would, would like it and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, dude. And literally, uh, the first person to share it was this bass player buddy of mine. Uh, we call him the King meme because this dude, all he does is – all day i mean all day dude is just post memes right and like the most <laughs> raunchiest the most raunchiest of memes too so um uh he shares it and then i guess about 
you know, like 30 minutes later, man, I, I look back on Facebook after I get done taking a break practicing. Right. And, and, and at this point, it had like, you know, like 300, 500 views and like, you know, 200 shares. And I was just like, Wait, what? what? <laughs> and like in 30 minutes, man, I was like, whoa, 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 this is strange. And then like within an hour, it went to several thousand. And then um, I stopped paying attention at a moment. And then my brother hit me up and he goes, dude, are, are you you following this? And I'm like, following what? What's going on? Like something happened yeah, in the news? What, what happened? <laughs> and he goes, he goes, dude, you're viral. I said, what? And I go looking back on and like, this is like, you know, like after I posted, it was probably about five, six hours later. Right. And I'm now looking at uh, a quarter of a million. No shit. Like that, like that, man. I was like, whoa. And by the end of the weekend, so I did like, I did that like on a Thursday or Friday. And by Sunday, I had 500,000 uh views damn and i forget i forget how many thousands of shares and now it's got i think five million views nice like, I, still, you, I, dude. I, I still keep getting <laughs> notifications saying somebody commented in your video and i go look and i'm like oh that video like really like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit yeah man so like i literally thought i would get 10 laughs 10 laughs and it yeah, look at you now! Now, now you're one of them viral kids. <laughs> well, you know, so you say you, you you met me through this video. Literally, I had probably thirteen hundred friends, mm -hmm. and within that week, I went up to like something like three thirty five hundred, four thousand, and nice. I, I I I can max out right now if I wanted to. For some strange reason, I just can't bring myself to max out my friends. So I got like people I that I got people that have been waiting and it's nothing against them. You know, if, if you're one of those people that you're waiting, that you sent me a friend request two years ago and I never answered. <laughs> it's so messed up. That's so messed up. But it's the truth is, man, like Ryan is cherry picking. <laughs> man, you know, it's like uh, I just feel weird about having it all maxed out, man. Like that seems no, weird I get to it. me. No, I get it. You know it. what I mean? Well, it's funny because I'm not, um, and I know that you have, because in, I guess that, that video was a couple of years ago, but in that time, you and I have exchanged messages and comments, so you know that we both do the same thing. And the only reason I say that is because I'm not one to jump on, oh, this dude's got a funny video, I'm going to follow him. I usually don't do that. And I laugh my ass off at your video because one of my drummer buddies sent it to me, and then about seven more sent me the same video because I used to teach. And I went to Atlanta Institute of Music, so I know theory and all that shit. I'm one of the drummers that knows theory and how to play to a click, blah, blah, barf. So anyway, I went to your page, and I went, yeah, okay, yeah, this guy's funny. Oh, shit, he can play. Okay, I need to follow this dude. So that's what it was. That's why I sent you the friend request. It wasn't just because the video was funny. That's what that's what got me over there, and then I, I saw that you were a player. So it, it, I just think Thanks. it's awesome because, oh, absolutely, we'll get into that. I'll, I'll give you some more compliments later. Um, but no, seriously, that's that I used to tell my kids that kind of stuff when I was teaching because a couple of years ago I, I actually stopped teaching. Uh, but I taught for about 15 years and I used to get in I, wow. I don't want to use I don't I don't want to use the word arguments, but I would get in heated discussions with students about things like that. Well, how do you play this kind of groove? And I want to know how to play something in nine eight. And to quote you, motherfucker, you can't even play in four. I'm not teaching you nine. <laughs> 
Let's play four first. And we'll go to six. And maybe I'll show you something in the odd times. So I, it was a fight that I had been fighting forever, which is one of the re- other reasons why I found it so damn funny. Oh, shit. <laughs> man, you know, unfortunately, man, unfortunately, um, I don't call this talking shit. I just call it the truth. There are a lot of cats out there, man, that don't. They don't want to put the time in, man. So it's like, right. And I understand, you know, I understand, man. It's like sometimes you just want to, you want to play, but you have to understand that you have to put the time in. You have to put the work in. You have to put the practice in. You have to understand that you have to have control over this before you decide that you want to go play this. You know what I mean? And so it's like, and then people think they can and you're like, nah, bro, you can't, you can't. Yeah. You need to, you need to rethink your career path, brother. Man, when I first started, I uh, so I I started I started kind of late uh, playing. How old are you and, now, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, man, I just turned forty-seven two weeks ago. Yeah. Well, happy belated birthday and my favorite number. Everything to wow. me is forty-seven. I don't know because it rolls off the top. Man, there's forty-seven motherfuckers on the stage. These guys suck. <laughs> I just I've always used that number. I don't know why. Wu-Tang. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, I did not say Wu Tang sucks. No, 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 no. I don't say Wu Tang. Wu Tang rules, but you know, like there'd be forty-seven oh, I, motherfuckers. I, I got it. Oh yeah. No, no, no. That's that's good shit. So I'm glad you went there because I was going to ask you that. What What do you mean you started late? Were you in your teens or? Well, yeah. I, so I started late. I started late. I started playing music early. I knew I wanted to play music at a at a really young age. Right. Uh, uh I had a sax like in the fourth grade. And I quickly realized, yeah, this ain't it. And then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I, I dug it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I was, you know, I'm a child of the, 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 the mid 70s and and uh, early 80s. And yeah, 80s. We're the, you and I are the same age. I'm 45. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, like, I'm, I'm just parody, when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. Yeah. Well, if you if you can see all the gray out here, uh, saxophone saxophone when I was a kid was really prevalent, uh, relevant in a lot of pop music back then, right? So well, yeah, like, for I, sure. I just you know like when you're in fourth grade, all you want to do is immediately start playing. Like I had this image in my head, like I'm gonna get out there and you know start blowing, you know, and it's just like <laughs> you're like oh shit, man, and oh I gotta practice. <laughs> Scales, you know, fuck that, you know, like I, I want to blow. So yeah, I get it. <laughs> then um, I got a guitar, and uh, at this point, ACDC it just came out with Back in Black, and uh, I wanted to be Malcolm Young or, or Angus Young, and uh, or a little bit of both because I, I I love both their playing. Right, and yeah, this is like eighty, eighty, and I was living in Mesa, Arizona at the time, and. Yeah lessons man were whack dude like kids don't know how well they got it today when it comes no. to lessons no sir they do not <laughs> like, like you can like all these kids that are metalheads or, or hip-hop or whatever they may be into they bring in well now they bring in you know they were bringing in tapes or or, or cds or whatever mp3s but you know now you're bringing in uh a file for your teacher to listen to like i want to learn this and the teacher goes okay um let me figure this out when I was that, when I went to start taking lessons for guitar in 80, 
it was like, yeah, no, kid, um, you're going to learn this. You, you, and I was the only kid with an electric guitar at this at this uh, lesson. It was, and it, picture, you know, the 80s haven't blown up yet. This is 1980. Right. MTV uh, was one year away from starting, yeah. right? So I went to this class, man, and there's like five other kids that all got acoustic guitars, right? And I'm sitting there with this electric guitar and a little pig nose amp. And the first thing the teacher's like, all right, this is an E chord class. You know, and, it, and, it, and it, it's like straight up, like leave it to Beaver, man. I'm just like, man. <laughs> you know, and even at, you know, seven years old, I just was like, yeah, this is bullshit, you know? So right. I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, E chord. And I'm like, Gah! and everybody turns and looks at me and he's like, yeah, I'm going to need you to turn that down. So, <laughs> And then, all right, this is an A chord. I need you to turn that down. I'm like, C, you know, and it's like, every chord I hit, he told me to turn down. So, like, you could barely hear it. And all you can hear is, like, the strings of my guitar. And I was like, yeah, fuck this. Right. So, uh, we moved to Texas, and uh, my next-door neighbor played the drums for a church. Gotcha. I sat down, and I always loved the drums. I always loved the rhythm, you know. Uh, so it's like I remember listening to Led Zeppelin uh, and Rush. You know, like I love Neil Peart, Pert, however you want to say it. When before I even started playing the drums, I loved Rush. You know, right. I was listening to because my brother was eight years older than me. So uh, I had this older brother bringing in all these badass records. That you know, British Steel from Judas Priest, uh, Iron Maiden's first couple of records. When they when they had Paul as a lead singer and not uh, Bruce Dickinson, right? The the early early shit. Yeah, and they had Clyde Burr on drums, and uh, metal was in its infancy. I was listening to all this stuff, but I always loved the drums, um, like R and B, early cameo, uh, of course, you know all the Motown stuff because my mother. But I was listening to a lot of R and B, uh, the beginnings of rap and heavy metal and rock, pop music, of course. Right. And uh, I always loved the drums, man. And uh, when I saw my neighbor playing, I was like, okay. And then I sat down. And that was the thing. I sat down and was like, I was like, oh, shit, this is it. This is it. I was literally able to play the drums, man, because I kept fantasizing about playing them. And I was dissecting it even before I started playing. I was like, all right. I didn't know anything about music, but right. I knew you counted. I knew you counted, right? And like I knew you counted one, two, three, four. And I basically said, okay, if there's one, two, three, four, that means one, two, three, four. So I started dissecting. My foot is on one and three, and my hand is on two and four. This hand's on one, two, three, four, right? Right, yeah. One, two, three, four. And it came together like that. It was easy. It was oh, easy. that's awesome. Um, that, at that point, I started begging my dad for a drum set, and my parents were dead set against it. Uh, so um, I didn't get a drum set. And at this point, this is I'm in junior high. I'm I'm in uh, eighth grade. So oh, I, I got grade. you. And then um, I didn't get a drum set until I was in tenth or eleventh. And gotcha. uh, he finally bought me this piece of shit CB seven hundred. <laughs> Oh, dude, it, it had no bottom heads, and, and it had these hydraulic heads that the guy that he bought it from probably put on there 
when he bought the kit and never, never, never changed them out, dude. So I had those hydraulic heads on there my entire uh, high school, you know, from like sophomore year until till uh, till I was a senior, and I still had those heads on. Oh there. my god, <laughs> they wouldn't break. They wouldn't break. <laughs> you know, so I was just like. That's that's the power of them hydraulics. <laughs> them shifts <Right>? don't break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they sound like I, I can't stand them, man. I, I don't understand. Anyway, that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> you know, I I, uh, I I wanted to be uh, a drummer, but I also wanted to be a uh, illustrator. Right. I was really good. I was really good at drawing, and my dad, for some strange reason, encouraged that, even though it's the same livelihood, right? Yeah. Uh, and um, I tried to get a scholarship to an art school up in, in Brooklyn, and I didn't get it. And it was a hell of expensive school. So my dad's like, well, what are you going to do? They accepted me, but they didn't give me the scholarship. Right. And I said, well, you know, figure out I just play the drums. He's like, the hell you will. You know? <laughs> like, he's like, I'm going to get you a job. I'll get you a job at the post office. And uh, because he, he had a uh, a really high up job there, right? And until and he goes until you finish until you figure out what you want to do, you just work there. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I let him, I let him bully me into doing it. <laughs> and uh, I did Thanks, it for about a, I did it for a year and said this is bullshit and quit. <laughs> and then I went and played for this band down on Sixth Street, uh, which was like the the our main you know street down here for entertainment back then. Right. I was playing for this band. Uh, that had a residency every Saturday night, which was, you know, fucking awesome, dude. You, this is when, you know, live music was just like, you know, and, and it's just crazy. And there's only one area for entertainment. So the street's always packed. And uh, it was awesome. And Wait, then, you're, you're looked, talking about back when people actually gave a shit about live music? That period of time? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And, and rent, rent was cheap. And, um... <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, I... But... It was a band, right? And uh, they were a bunch of fuck ups. And <laughs> you know, you know, my dad, my dad is military, man. He, I, I, twenty three years military, master sergeant. Right. And you know, growing up, I was just like, man, fuck this, this is bullshit. And then, uh, you know, when I got older, I realized that how much discipline had been instilled in me. Even though I'm an artist, I still have like a serious amount of discipline where. Right. Hey, what time is practice? Twelve noon, or whatever the time may be. Right. And then two hours later, man, motherfuckers are showing up. I'm like, yo, dude, where the fuck were you, man? You know, like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, yo, chill out, man, relax. I'm like, no, fuck no. that. You, you said, you said, you know, six o'clock. It's fucking eight thirty. And they go, oh man, you know, I had to go get a bag of weed, then pick up my girl, <laughs> and then I realized, then I, I had to, I had to get, you know, a twelve pack. I'm like, man, fuck. So. <laughs> so i actually went back i went back to work for the post office i was like man fuck you motherfuckers and um went back to work was miserable for another four years five years hey. and, uh, and then a buddy of mine told me he goes dude you know you can you know like be like a session guy right and i'm like what and he goes yeah. well all your, all your favorite drummers you know like dennis chambers vinnie caliuta dave weckel all these cats, you know, you listen to, you got videos of, they're all session guys. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And he goes, become a session drummer. Uh. So I, uh, 
I looked into it. I said, okay. And then I met a guy here in town that was like, number one, played with Janet Jackson, Chaka Khan, Gina Easton, you know, you name it, right? Right. And he offered me lessons. I asked him for lessons. And uh, he's like, yeah. So he came over and he goes, what do you want to know? I said, I want to know if I can do this for a living. Because if not, I need to go take my ass back to college. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, and I guess this is a long way around because I said earlier that um, some people don't know how bad they are. And oh, yeah, little, they don't. And, and um, you know, if you just want to sit at the house and entertain yourself because you love it, hey, more power to you. You know, don't be delusional, though, about trying to make a living off of it or make it or think that you're going to be in some huge band uh, when, you know, you're, you're you suck. You know what I mean? Like, if you right. want to do it because you love it, that's nothing wrong with that. You just have to be uh, honest, honest with yourself about the stages of music musicianship you want to be at. Right. Yes. And uh, so I I talked to him and I said, hey, man, um. I need to know if I suck or not. And he's just like, what? <laughs> I said, well, you know, man, like people have a vision in their head, but that vision may not correlate with reality. Right. And, and, and the harsh truth sometimes isn't, you know, there in their face. I think I can give myself the harsh truth, which is why I, you know, I'm always trying to better myself. Uh, but, you know, I sat down and played. He's like, yeah, man. Yeah, no, you got you got a lot of potential, man. You can definitely do this. I'm like, all right, cool. So I, I hit the ground runner, man. And then I started playing professionally here in town. Nice. And you've been doing that since uh, I'm, I'm going to guess your timeline, probably uh, the mid 90s. 97, 98. Look at that. I, I nailed it. Mid 90s. Look at me. I can <laughs> do math. I got my shoes off, too, because that past four oh, shit sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. It, it's kind of interesting because a lot of us cats that were that are around the same age here in Texas, where you are, I know some guys in Nashville. I know guys everywhere. Um, a lot of us, I shouldn't say a lot of us, most of us drummers that I know have kind of that same plight where we, and I don't know if it's a time frame because we were born in the mid seventies or what, or because we grew up in the eighties and we didn't know what the hell we wanted to do. Um, my path is kind of similar to yours and I'm not going to rehash all of it here because my listeners are going to text me and go, please stop fucking talking. Um, but I, I did kind of the same thing you did. I picked up a guitar and I went, no, this blows. I don't like it. I sat down behind a drum kit and I went, okay, I'm home. Except I did everything kind of like you did. I did it backwards. I played for probably 17 or 18 years before I had my first lesson. I just figured out everything I would do. Some of y'all younger fuckers don't know what a VCR is, but um, I would do rewind and fast forward and I would watch that shit for hours and just try to figure out what guys were doing. And I was living in South Carolina. I got bought. Yes, I say bought because I got paid a lot of money to move to Atlanta for this band. And within eight months, the guitar player took the financial backer. The band broke up, and I was left with no job, no money, and going, oh, fuck, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah. That's the short version of my story, brother. So I was having a hard time sleeping, which is nothing new for me, and I saw a commercial for AIM. So I went to the Atlanta Institute of Music when I was 29 years old. That was my first lesson. And I had to audition to get in. I wow. think there's, there's something – at least to me, as long as I've been doing this show and as many people as I've met over the years um, playing and, and touring and shit, 
there's something about that small window in the mid 70s and i guess it's because when we grew up in the 80s or whatever in the 90s when everything was changing because if you think about it musically everything changed in the 80s and then everything changed again in the 90s and i don't mean stylistically i mean musically with production in the way they were recording things and the invention of pro tools and all that kind of bullshit that's my two cents so it's it's cool to hear another drummer who's good and who knows how to do this shit and does it for a living that's kind of gone the same way so many other guys have but i don't know if you've ever thought about it that way it's a really long-winded answer to say i don't know if you've ever thought about it or have noticed it well uh, well part of part of my problem uh growing up was i'm a jack of all trades type of guy where i you know, there are guys that just all they can do is focus in on one thing, right? And those usually become virtuosos, right? The drums or guitar, you name it. Yeah. Um, you know, I said in the beginning, I didn't like guitar at first, but in high school, after I started playing the drums, I started playing guitar at the same time. And uh, ah. there was actually a point, there was actually a point where I uh, had to sell or I had to make a choice. Do I want to play drums or guitar. Um, and I said, well, I'm probably better at drums than I am guitar. And there's, you know, guitars are a dime a dozen. Um, I think they're cheaper than that so, now. <laughs> so so I, I, I literally, I literally sold, I had, I had, a, had a couple of uh, heads and cabinets, a couple of guitars, and I sold them all to get some, some professional drum gear. I had a professional kit. I didn't have cymbals and stands that I needed to. So right. I sold all that to buy that. But, um, you know, part of it was I, I grew up, I didn't get a chance. I took maybe one or a couple, couple lessons when I was a kid. Right. The problem with living here in Austin at the time was uh, everybody that was given lessons was way south, and my parents weren't going to drive me way south, right, downtown Got Austin. Gotcha. So um, I just learned by you know sitting there and focusing on i i i learned how to count you know i said before one two three four but then i learned you know one e and uh you know all that right and i had a i had a stick control book and i would just sit there and you know figure out stuff but it wasn't until when i left the post office for the second time and said i'm going to become a professional drummer that i literally had to start over i had to i didn't have bad habits i just didn't have the correct habits right Right. Um, so I literally just started working on my, my technique, molar technique, where I would sit there for hours, man, hours on end with a pad and just a stick, no drum, no drum set, and just practice the molar technique, man, letting the stick bounce, you know, right. dropping it, I don't know how many times, and just, I, I really focused and I said, well, if I'm going to do this for a living, I can't go on stage looking like I suck ass. I, <laughs> I, I refuse to suck, man. I refuse to suck. And um, so I, I just, to this day, I still practice a lot of technique, man. I'll sit there and just work on my molar. Back to basics. You know, when uh, sometimes I, I'm like, why isn't this working? Like, I'm trying to do something intricate. Right. Like, you know what, man? Let's go back to basics here for a second. And figure and out it, why this not is not clicking. Yeah, you know, and I realized, oh, you know, um, I was, I was getting a little lazy with my hand. You know what I mean? So right, that make sure it's in the correct position, and then boom, you know. Now technique's not everything, 
you got to let yourself go, but you have to be able to develop the technique to where it's second nature to where it, you don't have to think about it. But sometimes, you know, um, I got sidetracked. Part of, a, you know, my problem is uh, I'll play drums for a minute. I'll play guitar for a minute. I'll uh, try to do these videos. I'm never constantly on the drums and I'm never constantly on the guitar and I'm never constantly, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, it's, it's good or bad depending on how you look at it. If I wanted to be Vinny Calhoun, then it's bad because I didn't put the time in. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, but, uh, absolutely. I get but, that. In my line of work, man, I don't need to be Vinny. I do like practicing that type of shit. You know, like when I'm here at the house, I'm practicing weird shit. But, <laughs> I, 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 I never play it on the gig, man. Like, you will never catch me ever playing any of those licks or fills or anything. And I'm not really into licks anyway, but um, I, I play a lot of top 40 singer songwriter country, um, R&B. Everything is, everything is pop oriented. Right. Um, I do have, a, I do play in a metal band, but even then, that one is a little bit more groove oriented. It's actually not little, it is. It's, a, it's, heavily groove oriented right so there's there's not much reaching out you know what i mean um so meat no, and potatoes it, yeah you, well I, I get that um it, it definitely makes sense i think that listening to you and, and what keeps clicking in my head is for me personally i did everything backwards i developed my feet first and one of the first bands i was in was a borderline death metal band so I double kick all day long, but I couldn't do a single stroke to save my nutsack. It was dumb. So when I went to AIM at 29, I had already been touring and all this kind of shit. Nothing, I mean, nothing, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Nothing of note, but it was great to, to go tour and make money and shit. And then I go to AIM and I had to audition to get in and I went, well, I fucking suck. I don't know how to do anything. So the reason I bring that up is because I think it's cool that when you start to expand your knowledge and you start to grow your head in a good way, not in an e egotistical way, you start to go, oh, I will never play this, but this is good to have because it's going to lead me into this direction or down this path or build my toolbox to where if I get in trouble on stage, I have a hundred tricks to get my ass out of trouble where nobody will ever know. And Wait, I man. think, okay. yeah. No, no, no. I was just going to say, I think that's one of the cool things about playing a lot of those more complicated stuff. Some guys do it to show off and, and have a wank fest, and other guys do it to build some sort of – I used to teach my kids all the time. If you don't have a mental toolbox, you're going to get on stage, and you're going to shit the bed, and you're not going to be able to get out of it. You have to have some sort of trickery, so to speak. To get out of it i have 17 versions of the same lick i didn't use 47 because 17 is the actual number it's the same lick and it's the same fill but i can put it in 17 different ways to get myself out of a pop tune or a country tune or an r&b tune i suck at jazz i hate that i suck at jazz too because i like jazz but i can use that stuff and i think a lot of drummers also miss that and i don't know why i got off on this tangent but i think it was because you were talking about licks that you practice but you'll never actually play live yeah, yeah. I I I try not to do licks either. Um one of the things I always wanted to do with my drumming is have command of the language, right? Right. Not not so much licks. Um cuz I would have buddies say, "Oh, just do this lick, just do this lick and do this lick, man, you'd be gold." And I'm like, 
Yeah, now I I just feel I feel more comfortable. Not to say that I'm going to reinvent the wheel. No, but what I'm saying is I don't want to do a lick and you go, oh, that's that's a gad lick or that's a that's a that's that's a Vinnie Caliuta lick or that's a I I wanted to control. I want to control of the language. Right. You you're able to manipulate your your speech the way you want it to. Yep. You it know, comes across to what you're trying to say, what you're trying to say, not what you're trying to say through a Vinny or through a Weckle or anything like that. Yeah, you know, like all, all, all those cats, they have that language because they mastered other things. You know what I mean? It's like oh, for they sure. came up, you know, it, it, the reason that they, they're, they're these licks is because they took something else, you know, further out, you know, with the language they were learning. You know, so like a lot of the times when I'm, I'm sitting... You mentioned earlier. Stop rubbing them, damn it! Stop it, <laughs> man! I love. Hey, wait! Set. Hold up! I don't. I don't get to say this often, but I know that you've commented on before. Don't make me go out to the garage and get my Gretsch out. <laughs> <laughs> man, I, I love this drum set, man. It's 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 really inspirational to play. I love it. Um, there's nothing like having a really good set of tubs to to play on, man. Um, oh, for but, sure. But uh. You know, I think it's really important just to be comfortable with a language and or, or the rudiments, you know, the basic rudiments and 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 take it from there. And there are times, man, I'll sit here for hours on end and uh, I'm doing something really simplistic. You know, it's all about the simplicity. And then about a week later, you know, I'm speeding it up and then all of a sudden something comes out of it. And I'm like, oh, shit, that was nice. You know yeah, what right. I mean? I, oh yeah, yeah. I, I sit there and then I'll figure it out, and and then now I'm moving with that. You know what I mean? So it's like I always say, just practice the basics, man. Practice the basics, and I hear from a lot of the guys that I grew up, you know, watching and and loving. You know, it's like uh, you remember uh, the sax, not saxophonist, uh, trumpet player. Unfortunately, he's dead. Um, Roy Hargrove, uh, yeah, died pretty young. I, I have heard of him. He rose from Dallas and he ended up going to New York and becoming, you know, Roy Hargrove and getting a Grammy and uh, having a really successful career. Uh, he was outside his club one night here in Austin and because uh, he's from Dallas. And somebody was saying, man, I'd love to be a fly on the wall and watch you practice. And Roy says, uh, you'd be bored as hell. He's like, <laughs> he's like, what are you talking about? And he goes, I practice my scales, man. I practice scales. You know, basic, the basics to keep my shit strong. And he goes, what you hear on stage is me speaking right then and there. I ain't got nothing I planned out. You know what I mean? Like, right. I ain't pl- I'm not playing there. Oh, let me do this lick. Let me do this lick. I'm literally composing in my head and then boom, pull it out. You know, I was like, I, hell yeah. I, I think that's the way a lot of the greats are. So, I like that you that you called it the language because again, referring back to what I used to teach, I I used to tell my kids the same thing: understand how to fucking talk, and then you can put sentences together. And then after you figure out the sentences, then you can put paragraphs together. And then once you get the paragraphs done, guess what? You're telling a story. Yeah, I used to tell my kids that shit all the time. And music, I don't care what instrument you play, and wherever you're. Um, level of knowledge is if you apply that little simple is what I consider a simple truth. 
you apply that little simple truth to it, you're gonna you'll play all kinds of badass shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. You know, um I used uh I lived out in LA for a minute and um I teched for um drummer, um phenomenal, phenomenal drummer. Uh just jaw dropping physicality, vocabulary, and it's a change the game, you know, and I'm checking for this guy and we would sit down every once in a while in his room and he would do something. I'm like, man, how do you do that? He's like, shit, I just do it. I mean, he, he could, he could lift. He, had, he didn't have licks, man. Like this cat didn't have licks. He, he just had this ability to just muscle out anything he heard in his head. Right. And I mean, like at speed, you're just like, damn, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like we, 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 for me, it'd be like, okay, oh yeah, hold up, hold up, what, 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 what was that? You know, and then I'd be like, for 45 minutes going, uh, okay, finally I get it. It's incredible. And some people just have uh, that c- connection between their hands, their feet, and their brain. Oh, for sure. Just they can pull out anything they like. They, they just have complete control of their body. You know, um, for me, drums is very, uh, it's repetitive. It has to be ingrained into me before I can feel comfortable. And, and now grooves, I've always been comfortable with grooves. Hand stuff is late in the game for me. Like I started practicing my hands in my mid twenties. You know what I mean? Right. Like before I would just play in the garage and I'd just be like, so, and you know, I just sit there and groove. I play a lot of hip hop beats. I used to love to play hip hop records, man. No fills. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's just, yep. <laughs> And, you know, it's like it's a conversation between the foot and the hand more than it is, you know, anything else. For sure. And uh, so groove comes really easy to me, man. Like, I, I can come up with a groove like that to start playing something. Grooves, for some reason, come really easy to me. Right. It's, it's the, the, the hand shit for me, man, is, it's what uh, gets a little uh, uh, complicated. No, I get that. And like I said earlier about developing my feet first, I have the same... I had the same. I shouldn't say had. I still have it because there's shit I'll do, or I'll listen to a record that that I did before years ago or whatever. And I'll what did I? I'm looking at the liner notes. Going, did I really fucking play on this record? Holy shit, that is my name. Fuck, I did play that. <laughs> Damn it! How did I do that? So then I'm trying to whip some shit out. There was um uh, and I don't know if you've, and I'm I'm swear to God I'm not plugging myself, but I don't know if you've seen any of those cover videos I've been doing the past few weeks, um, but. Three or four of them were I covered myself. I did songs that I had recorded. Ten years ago. <laughs> no, I'll tell you why I did it. <clears throat> this is the only reason I bring it up because as a drummer, you'll appreciate it. Most people were, were messaging me going, wow, you really are an arrogant prick. And I'm like, you either get it or you don't. If you don't get it, I'm not going to fucking explain it to you. I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> you are but an arrogant as a prick. Yep, fair enough. But as a drummer, I think you will get it because I think every drummer, I think every musician in general, but every drummer that loves their instrument like we do, yes, I'm staring at you, white drums. If I I live close, I'd come touch those. Um, You want to touch them now, don't you? I see it in your face. No, seriously, um, I think we all, you bastard. I think we all 
as we grow as drummers and we learn new shit and we we venture into different types of playing and list even listening to different shit we change as drummers without thinking about it and i tried to cover shit that i literally that's one of my stupid things on my show literally recorded 10 years ago i couldn't fucking play it yes. i sat down and i could not fucking play it and i went oh this will be fun not to mention could i not only not play it very well the the rig I used to record the record, the particular record I'm talking about, I was and compared to what I play now, I was short nine pieces. I was short a couple toms, I was short a few effect symbols, and I had seven different fucking chinas when I recorded the record because I basically took everything in the studio except the kitchen sink because I wanted the record to sound great. And the record does sound great. I'm super proud of it, and everything on there I, I, is me playing. There's nothing that's been replaced or anything. But the point is, that's why I did it, and I said this is going to be fun. And a lot of people aren't going to get it. My drummer buddies got it. They were they were messaging me going, yeah, I see what you did there. You're still a dickhead, but I see what you did there. But it was fun to try to go back and play all that shit to see how I've changed. Not because I can or cannot play it, but because the thought process is different. And I go back and listen to that stuff because I don't listen to the shit I've done very often. But I would go back and listen to it and go, why the fuck did I play that? I wouldn't play that now. If I was going to play that track, I would not play it like that now. And to me, that stuff is interesting within my own playing, so I can only imagine what it's like looking at other people, too. You know well, you what I'm know, saying? Maturi ma maturity, maturity is... Uh, is a motherfucker. Oh, sorry. You know, and it's a, it's, it's a great seasoning once it starts to set in, you know? Uh, oh, for sure. You know, when you're young, um, there are those that understand when they're young that have the vocabulary in the sense not to do stupid shit or play certain <laughs> things a certain way. And I'm not saying what you did was stupid. I'm just saying, you know, when, when you're younger, I don't know, man, like it's really, it's really easy for, for cats to be in a different mindset when they're younger and they have something to prove. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like your mind is such that it's, you're not trying to be an arrogant prick. You know, you're just, you're young and you're, you're ready to get it, you know, and you're ready to show the world what you can fucking do. And oh yeah, and uh, oh, that was uh, my first two records. <laughs> and you, usually, usually, and unfortunately, man, I have a bone to pick when it comes to metal, man, because metal now has changed, man. Like metal when I was growing up, metal it was hard, and of yep. course it wasn't as fast, you know, um, like and and the double bass, but they had songs, you know what I mean, like. Uh, they actually had songs to where there was a beginning, a middle, and an end, and some of them had intros, and they were thought out, and they were well put together. And they had a structure. And, and a lot of metal bands now, man, uh, I don't care. I'll say it. I say it all the time. I can't get into death metal. I, I, I just can't get into it now. I love heavy stuff. Right. I just can't get into it because you can do it. I don't care if you can the entire song. When you start the song off that way and you ending it that way, you blew yeah. your load. You right. blew your load. I don't care that you can do that. That's a physical feat. That's really cool. It's really cool feat. Uh, but now show me something musical with it. I agree. Coming out, coming out and going. Yeah. <laughs> well, the entire song, man, is just like. Wait, what? That's that. That's not a song, bro. You know, and, and that would have been badass had you started the song off maybe that way, and then like, then the rest of the song is this way, and then you bring it back. 
or the song started off that way and then for the climax you do that and then that's it you know right less is more yeah people don't understand these days man that um just because you can do it doesn't necessarily mean you have to do it the entire fucking song and i I agree you know most of these bands these days man i'm done by the first verse i'm like you played every goddamn note you literally (laughs) i mean think about it man like no you're right (laughs) you just play every note for the last you know two minutes you know the song ain't even over yet i'm like nah man i'm out dude i'm I'm done i'm done you know what i mean like (laughs) i want you to i want you to wake up at three in the morning and i want you to hear this voice in your head ready you played all the fucking notes there's none left (laughs) (laughs) yeah man you know and it's and, and, and on top of that, so, you know, it's interesting watching the evolution of metal, especially from being there. I wasn't born when Sabbath came out. You know, Sabbath came out 68, 69. Right. Um, but, you know, I was born shortly after. And so metal really didn't exist. Black Sabbath was around. You had Blue Cheer, who they argue was the first one to have that sound. But, um, you know, metal, metal didn't start until Judas Priest. Uh, well, I mean, Black Sabbath was the first, but then you right. had Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, uh, that wave, and they sang. And then immediately after that, you had thrash metal start, right? And those guys weren't really singing, but when you listen to their vocals now, compared to speaking to the vocals of metal music now, it's like, oh, they were singing. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> you <know>? sure. <laughs> <laughs> And like when you listen to Tom Araya back in the day, that didn't sound like singing, you know. It just sounded like you know some like kind of like weird screaming, you know, or yeah. just yelling into the mic. He was basically yelling. Tom Araya likes to yell. He does a very great yell. Uh, you know, and James was singing, you know, from Metallica. Right. Uh, he of course, you know, focused in on his singing, you know, in the latter part, and has gotten better at it. But right. And then you then you had like you know Henry Rollins and and Phil Anselmo. And they took it to a whole nother level, right? Well, Phil took it to definitely another level. Yeah, Phil doesn't, I don't, and I don't care well, even about he, him personally, but his, I don't think he gets enough recognition for how well he actually can sing. Oh, dude, well, well, Phil, Phil is the reason why Cookie Monster vocals just went, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, until Phil, until, because uh, when Pantera came out, uh, you know, Phil was singing, you know, yep. Phil was actually really singing and hitting high notes and shit, you know, and because Pantera, a lot of people don't realize this. Pantera's, you know, of course, a Texas fan. Uh, so they were down here a lot. They were a glam band, dude. Straight up yep. fucking glam band back in the day, man, with bouffant hair and uh, these, bouffant these people, hair and blue spandex. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, one of the local uh, head shops down here, man, had Pantera posters. And I just remember going in there, dude, and I'd never liked hair metal. You know, like, uh, I, there's a couple of songs, of course, that are, you know, classic or timeless. Right. But I was always listening to thrash metal, you know. Like, if you were listening to White Lion, you know, and, uh, you know, insert Poison, any of that type of stuff, uh, right. I was listening to Metallica, Slayer, Anthrax, S.O.D., you know, um, Overkill, uh, to the answers for that metal. But these guys, man, you know, they, they wrote songs. Even Pantera, when they were really hard, they wrote songs. And they had, yep. like, they, they climaxed, you know, and they told a story. And then at this one point, man, you know, like Morbid Angel, you know, this is like, you know, just 
like I, like I said, man, it's an incredible feat. But if I sat and watched a guitar, it's just going. <laughs> it's just like, all right, you know, um, all right. It, it, you know, and, and, and I know people like the thing, fuck you. And, and you old motherfucker or, you know, whatever you want to say. Right. No, no, no truth, I've gotten truth, it too. The truth is, man, write songs, motherfuckers. Write some goddamn songs, you know, like. Think about what you're doing. It doesn't have to be brutal. You know, like I knew this one bass player is like, it's always got to be brutal, man. It's just got to be brutal. I'm like, all right, right man. Yeah, the, the yeah. massive eye roll. Well, and there's, there, I'm going to add something to that in your, to, to have your, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? To have your back on that. I get it. You're fucking mad. The fuck are you mad about? You're not telling <laughs> me why you're pissed. You know what I mean? That face tells me that you agree. <laughs> Because, like you said, you're not telling any stories anymore. Back in the day, they would tell you why they were pissed. Now, I'm fucking mad. What are you mad about? I don't know. I'm just fucking mad. Okay, I get it. I'm with you on that. I'm like, okay, whatever. Well, you know, man, it's, it's, I understand. Like, when things happen, when, when something new comes out and changes the game, then, the, then it starts to move in that direction. A lot of people want to do it. Right. Um, the whole Cookie Monster vocal. It was cool when it first came out because it wasn't through the entire damn song. And it wasn't right. to the point where you couldn't understand the fucking words they were saying either, man. You know, it's right. like, like if, if I hear a song and I can't understand anything you're saying, you suck. You, you, <laughs> as, as, a, as a vocalist, you suck because you, you have one job, which is to get up there and, and, and sing a song. And I need to be able to fucking understand what you're doing. You know, like if I can understand what the guitarist is doing, I can understand what the bassist is doing, I can understand what the drummer's doing, but I can't understand what you're doing. All you're doing is just <laughs> like <laughs> I'm sorry guys, you know, like I know you're gonna like, hey, fuck you. But the truth of the matter is, motherfucker, I, I can't understand what you're saying. And like that that's, that makes no sense. And, and what's up with the logos? <laughs> <laughs> It's like goatism, you know what I mean? Like straight up, just like just you can't understand a word. I mean, it's like if I had a band, I'd want people to know what my band name is. Yeah, goatism it doesn't work, you know. To write to write your your the letters out, man. You try like a nice straight pen. Come up with your own name, but and that's the thing—they all look the same. Like you motherfuckers yep. are so unoriginal. All you do is blast beats. Death metal, you know, like growling into the fucking mic and jism written on your logos, man. Like, you know, like metal bands back in the day, they all had a distinctive name and logo. You they were look identifiable. They, uh, oh, fuck, I can't even talk. They were identifiable. Yes. Oh, yes. You know, like it, it was it was a font, man. ACDC, you know, like they only did that. Yep. Metallica only did theirs. Yep. You know, uh. These bands did their thing, and that's another thing I have a beef with, like these metal bands. Is like they're not original, man. You're coming out there, and like I said, I'm not putting down your physicality or your musicality of the instrument because I can't do that. You know, I, in order to do that, I have to spend way too much time on that, and I play too many other things to, to right. focus in on. So I'm not saying I can't do it, or I can do it, and I just choose not to. I can't do it. That shit is, you know. Fucking hard. Intense. Yeah. But 
just because, like I said, just because you can do it doesn't mean you have to do it the entire time, guys. You know, start thinking about the song, man. And start thinking about your fucking vocals. You know, like, you know, it's like the only time we understand what you're saying is in between songs, you know, and like, this next song is called. And it's like, and then the, and then the band is like, fucking, you know. <laughs> In the most non-creepy way ever in this first, I don't know, hour, I have fallen in love with you. You're my new fucking hero. <laughs> I've been saying that shit for a long time. And I'm I, I the only thing I will never say, I will never say anybody sucks. That's just my personal thing because No, 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 no. They don't suck. I'm no, no, no. Saying. That's what I mean. I, I'm not getting on you. That has nothing to do with you. I'm just saying I don't say anybody sucks. However, however, what you've just been talking about, I have been talking about for a long time because I come from that school. I started in the hair metal and then went straight into death metal and thrash and everything in between. And I grew up just like you. I grew up in that era where it meant something and now it doesn't mean shit. What the fuck are you doing? I, I get it. I get it. I get it. You know, you know, and I think I think a lot of drummers, I think a lot of musicians. One of the great things about when I was a kid and you heard all these pop bands and it, it, people would make fun of them. You know, every and every era, somebody's making fun of whoever's big, right? That's just the way it goes. Oh, for sure. Um, but there's one thing that people don't realize that are purists, uh, which I think is very important. And this this is going to go beyond. A, uh, uh, this is going to go with a lot of things because I think it's so important. I think musicians owe it to themselves to not just focus in on what they love and you need to love other things too. You know what I mean? So oh, like, for sure. you, know, you know, like I listened to metal growing up, but I also listened to R and B hip hop. I listened to country. I listened to early, early country, like Patsy Cline. Uh, I loved Patsy Cline when I was a kid. Um, Johnny cash. And those are cliche. The reason why they're cliche is because there's a reason why Johnny Cash is so fucking big. He's fucking Johnny Cash. You know what I mean? Right. Back then, you know, he wasn't a T-shirt that you bought at, at fucking, you know, Target. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you had to be really into Johnny Cash. You know what I mean? And uh, Yeah, you had to actually go see him and buy that shit. You know, and, and, and uh, but this was one thing is these guys, all these guys that I grew up listening to, they listen to other styles of music, you know, and, and you got to understand when it comes to like metal, especially metal, because metal can be some some blockhead motherfuckers. Uh, You're right. You got to understand something, you know, like uh, when rock came out, when rock music came out with Led Zeppelin, not rock and roll, but rock. Right. When rock and roll like rock and roll is, is definitely lighter. It was considered heavy. Uh, Led Zeppelin, uh, not Zeppelin, but, you know, Rolling Stones and. Yardbirds and stuff like that. When right. Led Zeppelin came out, nothing was like that, right? And everybody wanted to be John Bonham, and they proceeded to beat the shit out of the drums. And slowly, rock drumming uh, had a lot of finesse, and then it didn't, right? You just had guys that were just um, because they didn't they didn't take they didn't take into consideration the upbringing of these other drummers, right? These guys were all emulating blues and ended up playing what they were playing but they wanted to be blues bands all of them so they were listening to black music and they were listening to soul music they were listening to uh to uh to a course rhythm and blues uh blues and um 
that's why they have such a great feel. And, and jazz as well. You know, like they were listening to jazz, uh, singer-songwriters, a lot of, you know, like uh, when you have a different background, you're able to have a different voice in the music that you're playing. Oh, and, for sure. And, and that, that all these metal drummers would have nothing but benefits if they started absorbing other styles of music. Your drumming would just fly out the you know to the next level there's somebody out there waiting to take dex death metal to the next level and it's not going to be fucking faster you know and it's not going to be you know like longer you know blast beats or whatever man it's going to be somebody's going to have a different influence and he's going to bring it in or she's going to bring it in and they're going to be like wow i've never heard this shit before like what he's doing or what she's doing right now is just fucking incredible it's like they're doing this but what the hell is this on top of this like this is weird you know, it's like start taking in things, man. Because if I hear one fucking blast beat, man, I'm gonna puke. Dude. Like, <laughs> they're all the goddamn same. They're all the fucking same, man. I remember the first time I heard a blast beat. People don't realize this. I think this is true. I'm I'm 99% correct. I could be wrong. The first person I ever heard play a blast beat was Charlie Benante on uh, SOD. He plays a blast beat in one of the songs, and it's for a short period, and then he plays his normal thrash beat, right? right. And it was just like, holy shit! Your right? mind was blown. Blew your mind. Like, what the fuck? Like, yep. this motherfucker just really did that? And it was great because he only did it for that part of the song, and then I never heard him fucking play that beat ever again. You know, only when he plays an SOD. Didn't even play it with fucking Anthrax. You know what I mean? Nope. Uh, no, but I do remember being 13 or 14 trying to figure out antisocial and thought that was the hardest groove ever. It's like, I can't fucking do that. That shit's too hard. How do you do that shit? I remember that. I, and I don't know why it's that song. I think it's because that kick drum, do, 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 do. And then I was, it would go in a, da, do, do, da, do, do, and I thought that was the fastest fucking thing ever. <laughs> How does that make us feel? We're fucking old, brother. <laughs> you know, I found out that was a cover song, Antisocial. So one of the bands I played for, this guy was French. He was from France. And um, uh, we were at rehearsal one day, and I don't know how we even got into it. Oh, he starts playing Antisocial. Right. Um, while he's, you know, working on his, on his rig. And I'm like, yeah, man. And he, and he turns around and he goes, I forget the name of the band, but he, he, he goes, you know this band? And I said, who? And he goes, he names the band again. I can't remember. And uh, I said, I don't know who the fuck that is. And he goes, I was just playing the song. I said, oh, uh, I, I thought it was Anthrax. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, Anthrax? And I'm like, yeah, Anthrax. So I pull it out and I start playing it. And he's like, oh, shit. You know? <laughs> so... They were uh, like France's only rock band they ever had, and they had this one hit called Antisocial. And it's when you listen to Anthrax's version, it's pretty much the same thing. Damn, like, I didn't know that. It's, it's a little less distortion, of course. Uh, yeah, and then come to find out, they were good buds. Like uh, at one point, Anthrax had, like toured, and they toured together over in Europe. But Anthrax then became buds, and they liked that song, so they covered it. Oh, that's fucking cool. I didn't know that. I had no idea. That's cool as shit. Yeah, I just learned that a couple of years ago, man. Like, all my life, it's, you know, because I'm a huge, I was a huge Charlie Benante fan. Oh, that guy's a monster. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. You know, and that's another thing, you know, it's like guys always talk about the days back in the day. Like, Shut up, you old fuck. You know <laughs> <laughs> It's true. It's the truth. You know, it's like that's another thing that was lost in metal was tone, right? So drums back then, dude, those guys Huge, big 24s, big-ass toms. I'm not a big fan of big toms, but um, I like big kicks. This is a 24. That's a 24, man. I, I know. <laughs> I, I know. I'm, I'm getting ready to get a 26 for it. Are you really? Yeah, baby. This Don't you look at me like that, motherfucker. Damn. Fucking crushing it. But, um, uh, but toms, man. Like, man, you listen to Anthrax or Slayer, even Metallica. You listen to the times, man. They had tone. There was times, man, and the kicks and the floors were rumbling. There were it was tone to them. Oh yeah. Well, now these motherfuckers, man, they got everything on fucking trigger, man, because they're moving so fast that they can't hit as hard. You know, the, the minute you, your feet are moving that fast, man, you're feathering the kick drum, man. You ain't stopping. Oh, for sure. No, you, you, there's it's not that hard. No, you can't. There's there's a few guys that can, but I think hey, Gene Hoagland. You know, no, that dude, motherfucker dude, kicks. <laughs> dude, he wears he wears weights on his ankles, dude. <laughs> and fucking Timberlands, yes, big ass plays in Timberland that fast, which is which is amazing. What I was gonna say though is the the um, and I used to tell my my kids this all the time, and and I say this on every fucking episode to my 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 listeners hate me. Technology is the greatest worst thing ever invented. And I say that just not because of computer and social media and all that shit, but with triggers, exactly what you said. Guys can feather shit. Like if they were to hit you with their drumsticks, you'd be, what the fuck are you doing, dude? It would you. It yeah. wouldn't hurt that much, but because they have triggers, they can get away with it. Yeah, yeah. I I, I truly believe in the drum. Um, one of my favorite quotes uh, quotes uh, was by Tony Williams, and I remember reading. You know, I was a kid and opened up Modern Drummer. And one of the first things I saw a quote was he was talking about, I make no apologies about playing the drums loud. They're a drum set. They're supposed to be played. And now the great, don't get me wrong. I don't believe that you should be like just killing the drums. No, I, think, I don't either. You know, like every, all my favorite drummers have one thing in common. And that is they know how to whip the sound and they know how to whip the head, whip, well, I should say whip the stick and get a nice pop out of the drum, man. You know, it's like, I'm a big dude. I'm six two, six two and a half. I'm probably shrinking now. Now that I'm closer to fifty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the truth, man. You're gonna start shrinking here in a minute. Um, and your nose keeps getting fucking bigger. You start shrinking, and you get a big fucking nose, man. It's like I already got a big nose. I I don't need any any more of it. Dude, I'm I'm right there with you. I don't need any fucking help, and I'm five nine and a half on a good day. So fuck you and your big six two ass. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but I'm also, I'm also, uh, you know, like because of the Rona, I haven't been working out as much as I used to, but I'm a, I'm a pretty big dude, you know, as far as musicians go. And Rona, uh, never heard of her. I, She's a bitch though. Right. And I use really big sticks. Uh, and, um, people always freak out when they, I play a singer songwriter gig and they're looking over like, um, you're going to really play with all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Don't worry, man. I'm good. I'm good. And, um, Depending on the gig, I play accordingly, but I believe that the tom and the snare, the kick, they all need to be hit at a certain way 
to make the drum sound right, man. Like, there's nothing worse to me than when I go see somebody and they're piddle paddling back there. I'm like, man, quit being a little bitch. You know, hit the motherfucking. And I'm not saying don't kill it. You know, because there is a there's a fine line between being able to pop and and just hitting too hard. Yeah, you know and trying mean? to break your hardware. Yeah, you know, like uh, I don't break symbols, man. You know, every once in a while I'll break one because it fell and cracked. Because I use I usually generally use really thin symbols. I like thin symbols. Right. So, um, like that one back over there fucking fell. Uh, <laughs> so pissed. <laughs> I was so pissed. Yeah, and, and it was like right before I went to grab it to take it off. You know, it just fell. Boosh! Put a nice little crack. Uh, uh, your asshole pucker too, didn't it? Yeah, but uh, you know, like I, I, I hit hard, but there are no dings in my heads, man. You know, like these heads will be on there for a long time. Uh, right. It, it'll, it'll get to the point where you know, like the snare drum will start to sink a little, and I don't even go that far, you know, unless it's the practice snare drum. But all my like, all my like kits or the the, the snares I take out, you know, my heads are. I, I try to switch them out like every probably two to three months. Right. But I was gonna say I get I get accused of the same thing. It's oh, my fucking O'Reilly's coming. God damn, he's loud. No, I'm not loud. I know how to fucking tune my drums. I'll say it again. I know how to tune my drums because I don't know. You're supposed to fucking tune them, and that shit drives me nuts when guys don't know how to tune their drums. And I'm like you. I don't break a whole lot of shit. Oh my god, I love you so much. Thank you. Very much. My amazing hot wife just brought me an amazing hot cup of coffee. I love your face. Oh, oh and she's so <laughs> Hey, girl, what you doing? Show. Um, but no, I I, uh, I don't overplay as far as volume. I used to 20, 30 years ago. Well, 20 years ago. I've been playing about 33, 34 years. So about 20 years ago, I used to play exactly what you were talking about. Kill drums. I was that guy. And then I went... Oh shit! You can actually hit hard, get the right tone out of a drum, but you're not trying to kill the drum. So I, I understand you completely. I think you're my long lost brother. Hi, how you doing? Yeah, well, you, you, <laughs> <laughs> you got to. Um, you, first of all, you got to get good gear, man. You know, um, that's another thing I I, I see uh, all my metal buds suffer from is they don't know good gear, man, and they just don't buy it. You know, they'll they'll no, buy I a bunch agree. of of crappy gear and um, save up the extra cash, man, or, or the extra credit or, or whatever you want Just save up and spend the, 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 the 500 extra, 800 extra, or maybe even 1500 extra because it's well worth it. In oh, certain cases, sure. it is certain cases. It isn't, man. I got one kit, dude. It is a phenomenal kit and it's a 15, $1,500. Yeah. It's like a, Actually, it's seven hundred bucks. I bought two of them together to make uh, to, to have more choices, and it, 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 so I bought a kit that came with a thirteen, sixteen, twenty-four. Right. And then I, bought, I bought another kit that came with a twenty, twelve, fourteen. That way, I can have ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen, twenty-four, or twenty. Right. So each kit was one was seven hundred, and the other one was six hundred. They were dirt cheap. Oh yeah, I, I take it to the studio all the time. It became requested. Like, yeah. was like, he's like, "Hey man, bring that kit, dude. That thing fucking sounds phenomenal." I'm like, 
all right. <laughs> Dude, it, it happens. I have, um, I, I, I don't even know. I'm not even going to get into it because it'll make my fucking brain hurt because I've had so many drum kits over the years. But one of my rigs that I have now, uh, it's a 24 by 20, 13, 14, 16, uh, rack and two floors. Almost all my rigs are rack and two floors. I very, very, very rarely use two racks um, because I'm a lazy fuck. That's a lie. I'm just kidding. I don't like to reach for my ride. I hate it. I want my ride right here, right over my kick. That's the biggest reason why I always have one rack. But it's a 24 by 20 kick that sounds like a controllable cannon. I can feather it, and it actually has some tone in it, and I can stomp the shit out of it because I kick too hard anyway. Uh, that I do actually admit. Um, but it, it'll it'll get some thump. And I paid 300 bucks for it. Now, I've painted it three times. I've had it painted three times. Um, and for your own edification, if you go stalk my Instagram and all that shit, you'll see it. It's the white one with the blue stripes. Uh, I took it. I had it actually repainted last year to do the Delana tour. I went out on Delana with Delana from Rockstar Supernova last summer. I had yeah. that kit painted. Yeah, it used to be white with a pink stripe. And before that, it was forest green. Um, but I think that's one of the reasons why the guy sold it to me so cheap because he hated the color. And as soon as I saw it, it's got the nickel hardware that like yours is the bright nickel. I'm pointing at your drums. Like everybody can fucking see me. I'm an idiot. You've got like the, the kind of the brightish nickel. It's not Chrome, but it's got that bright nickel color. Mine is the, yeah, it's a, they call it frosted. Uh, they, they call it, uh, I can't remember what the cool, st- cool story, bro. <laughs> Brush nickel. There it is. Brush yes. nickel. That is what it is. Mine is the 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 gray chromish nickel where it's got it looks almost black, but when you get up on it, you go, oh, that's actually just kind of charcoal gray. So as soon as I saw the drums, I went, I'm gonna paint those white, and those lugs and the hoops will pop out. So that's what I did. Um, but point being, I've had that rig requested before uh, because it sounds so good, and I paid three hundred fucking bucks for it. So yeah. I get it. Yeah. My my uh, one of my good friends, the guy uh, first started giving me gigs here in Austin. He has a hundred and fifty dollar Gretsch that he bought out of a pawn shop, twenty four by fourteen, uh, twelve or thirteen rack, sixteen eighteen, and right. uh, he had to clean it up. But dude, it's fucking. I mean, it's a Gretsch. Right. It's, it's, right. And it's just uh, he had all he had to do was just fizz, you know just clean it up, man. And it is a monster. It's a monster kit. You, I a think monster. you can. I think guys can do that. But I think going back to what you were talking about as far as spending gear, I also think, and I am a firm believer in this. I think guys don't spend enough time with their gear. They don't fucking know their rigs. I have two, three, four. I have four. I sold three or four last year. I used to have a shit ton of rigs, but I know every fucking square centimeter of all my rigs I have. Here's the hard thing about drumming is uh, we're, we're all left out on our own when it comes to drums, man, because unlike any other instrument, drum stands alone um, that there's no universal tuning. You know what I mean? True. And, and You're right about that. They're, they're, you know, like the first thing you learn about as a guitarist is to fucking tune your guitar. You know what I mean? Yep. You have to have a standard tuning if you want to play these songs. So, um, you know how to tune your guitar. You got a fucking tuner there in front of you and, and you're able to tune. So universally, 
you can go anywhere and play with, you know, a guitar or a guitarist or a band or whatever. Drums, though, uh, there's nothing where we get to sit down and go, okay, you have to tune this tom to this, this is that, that to that, that to that. And this, it's all relative to what you want on a drum set. Now, there are guys right. out there, like one of my best friends uh, here in town, he's a tech. Uh, and he's tech for like, you know, P. Diddy. He's Janet Jackson. You know, he's he's a real tech. Right. And he just ain't somebody that's lugging your fucking double bass pedal the wrong way on the stage. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that friend that wants to help out is a roadie who grabs your double bass pedal by the by the bar. And, oh. You know, like, like no, dude, you're fucking it up, man. Get away. God. But uh, true story, I have thrown a stick at a guy's back when he grabbed my double pedal by the bar one night. Put my fucking <laughs> shit down, and he wouldn't put it down, and I threw a stick at him and hit him in the back. Anyway, go ahead, <laughs> dude. Uh, so um, there is no um, universal understanding. Oh, oh, saying uh, my buddy who texts. Yeah, your buddy who texts. He, he does have a method of the way he tunes the drums, and he says you can do it this way, this way, this way on every drum. I think it can work sometimes. depends on the drums, man. Um, I'm not for having a tom tuned to a certain note. I don't believe that. I, 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 I believe that the, the tom wants to be tuned to what the tom wants to be tuned to because every kit, every kit can be different unless it's a Yamaha man. Like Yamaha has a very uncanny knack of being able to just recreate no matter what the kit is the fucking same. Uh, <laughs> and that's a good thing. You know, like, uh, you, oh, yeah, it's you not a bad that, thing. You know, I, I, I love Yamaha's hardware and, and toms and snares. I never liked their, uh, their kick drums though. So, um, uh, they, they have a very flat kick drum, which is why they became very popular in the eighties. You know, recording custom had this very flat whap to it. You know what I mean? Yep. And, uh, yep. But, uh, you know, it's important to have great gear, but it's also important to sit down and start to learn how to tune your drums, man. I don't know how many cats don't know how to fucking tune their drums. I know. They just duct, tape the, duct tape the shit out of them. You know, it's just like, what the fuck? You know, it's, um, Oh, look, it's you another know. dude on stage beating a cardboard box with a watermelon inside. Awesome. Yeah, God, Boom. man. You know, Boom. They all there's this the same. guy. There's this guy. I don't know his name. I'll forward you a link on YouTube. And he's, he's a metal producer slash engineer. Mm -hmm. And he has, he's, he has some funny things to say about metal drummers and how um, he goes, they always come in and they have really shitty sounding cymbals. And their kits, usually their snare drums sound fucking horrible. They 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 crank them to high heaven, and and then they hear them in the playback, and they go, "My my snare sounds so weak and thin." It's like, well, yeah, because you got to crank the you know to the <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it has it has to live in a certain range if you want to get big. And it was interesting. I I've been saying it for so long, and to hear this guy say it was like yes. And he goes, he goes. He goes, hands, he goes, most of the time we get a metal band in here. I can guarantee you that the symbols are going to sound like shit. Right. And uh, I'm a firm believer in, I think symbols need to be darker, not brighter because it's a symbol. It's already bright. You know what I mean? Like cats need to understand it's brass. Right. It, it, it's going to be bright. Uh, and what I've noticed is when you have a darker 
thinner symbol, it goes into the mix really well, man. And not to toot my own horn, but I do a lot of session work here in town. And without a doubt, it's 100% through and through. Everybody's like, dude, your symbols. Oh, my God, those things sound so, so damn good. Because most of the time I go use a house kit because they always want to use their kit because they know how it's going to sound. I'm like, yeah, right. cool. I'll, I'll bring all my snares, but not all of them. But I'll bring, you know, five snare drums and a, and a bunch of cymbals. And I got a bunch of hi-hats. And they're like, uh, I, I'll play the song. I'm like, you know what, man? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me put these hi-hats on. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. What you do? And I said, oh, man. And they come out and look. I got 18-inch hi-hats. Right. They look like they look like they came out of King Kong's ass, man. Just, <laughs> just brown and crusty. But, dude, it, it has this, this shimmer to it, man, that does not go, ugh. You know, like, we, we got to immediately EQ that down. You know, get let's, let's get all that harshness off the top. Right. These symbols, these symbols man, um, they're really dark. And when you got mics on them, you're going to hear everything. You know what I mean? Right. And, what and do you use? I, so I use a very, I, I, I use um, different makes, or not different makes, different uh I would say, you know, I guess models of the, of the same company. Oh, I, so I use Sabian. I use Sabian. And, um, but Remember I, when I told you earlier I loved you? <laughs> now I really love you. You know I'm endorsed oh, by oh. Sabian, right? Oh, no, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that. See, that's, that, that shows me there's no love for me back from you. God damn it. I thought we were getting along. <laughs> I sent you a message one time, told you who to contact at Sabian. You remember that fucking message I sent you? Oh, you did. You, that's, hey, man, let me tell you. And, yeah, and, that's and, me, uh, motherfucker. And <laughs> uh, in, in, in my defense, in my defense, uh, man, I, I, sometimes I get hit uh, with so many different. Uh, Dude, I get it. I'm just giving you shit. You know, and what happened was. And what happened was what you know, happened was <laughs> what had happened was I was you guys were giving me all that information that people hit me up telling me to reach out to Remo, all these other people, and literally like three weeks later, uh, I lost that gig, and I was like, oh shit, oh I got you. So I didn't pursue anything anymore. I didn't want to contact anybody. Going, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you know, I'm in between gigs right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's awesome <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I use Sabian and I got um, so uh, those those hats they're sick hats the 18 inch sick hats I, I, I saw those at NAM a couple uh, yeah. last year I saw them at NAM what I do is I take the bottom and I put it on top, on the top yep and uh, because the top hat has holes in it, right? Mm. And um, I actually take an 18 inch crash, put that on the bottom, and then put that on top. And I, that's what I use for the for those set of hi hats. And then I got a set of the, and I know this for a fact, the very first 15 Manhattan groove hats ever made by Sabian. Because, oh, nice. Because I ordered them when the Manhattan series first came out. I had a, I bought a set of 14s and I had a 22 inch Manhattan ride and I fucking immediately fell in love. I was like, Oh my God. And I said, uh, I went down to Tommy's jump shop and he can order anything from Tommy's and he would just, you know, call up Sapien and they would usually say, yeah. So, uh, the guy goes, yeah, I don't know how it's going to sound. 
And Tommy was saying, yeah, he doesn't know how it's going to sound. I said, I don't give a fuck. Just make them. <laughs> like, because at, back then, you know, they weren't experimenting, you know, and putting stuff out. You know, it's like, well, right. we, have no idea, we have no idea what it's going to sound like. Like, I don't care. Like, these, these 14s sound great. I'm sure the 15s will sound great. Shit, sure enough, man, six weeks later, I got them in. And uh, I, I still have them fucking phenomenal hi-hats and they're 15s nice. and then i have a set of 17 inch uh, hi-hats uh, that are just a, a, a paragon 17 and a hand hammered dark put together right yeah gotcha. uh and then i got a set of 15 inch fusion hats that they custom made for me and that's it for the hi-hats have you played the free cats yet the who the free cats the uh it's spelled with a q f r EQ, the frequent that's the frequency hats, but they call them the free cats. Oh, oh, oh. They've got the little band in the middle that's discolored. It looks like um uh, it almost looks like the JoJo Mayer uh Omni ride, but it has yeah. nothing to do with that Omni ride. But it's got that kind of thing and the edges of them are a little rough. I had been playing the AAX uh stage hats for I don't know, three or four years, and the free cats came out and I played them and I called my rep. I was like, Hey, hey Bob, I'm gonna need a fucking order of those free cats, please. Those things are amazing because they're just I'm the opposite of you live. Recording, it depends what I'm playing, whether I go dark or bright. But live I want bright. But these the free cats are just on that line of they're almost too bright and they're almost too dark and they work for everything. They're so fucking cool. I think you'd dig them. And I think they make them in 15 too. I think. I'm not 100% sure. And I think they just came out with a freak ride to go with their frequency hats. They're, they're fucking killer. They're so badass. Yeah, I mean, I don't play anything small in 15s. Uh, I'm all uh, I'm all about the big hats and the big like, I don't have anything smaller than a 22 for a crash. <laughs> My, uh, wow! Yeah, I, all my cr- all my crashes are. Um, I don't have anything smaller than a twenty-two. Damn, they're that's 22. nuts. They're twenty-two or twenty-fours. Fuck! I thought my ride was big. Holy shit! My ride's so, yeah, I got Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> that's cute, man. That's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> that's real cute. Twenty-one. <laughs> no, man. I uh, um. So I got, I got four, four twenty-four inch rides, uh, all different. You know, right? Of course. Right, right. Um, I got a twenty-four inch. I, I, it's it's supposed to be a ride, but it's actually a crash. It's it's called the bash bash ride. Yeah, I remember those. And, woo, man! It's a fucking sweet crash. Really thin. It's really thin. Twenty-four. Mm-hmm. Oh man, and you can ride on it, man. You get the perfect shimmer, man. It's man. I mean, it's like when you got big symbols, you can really have a nice spread. You know, it's like you got these bands, you know, that are playing. You know, it's like and like drummer's doing a roll, and he goes like a little less, a little less. You know, 14-inch crash, man. That's not a crash, man. Get the fuck out of here with that, man. You know, <laughs> man, people are afraid of big. People really are afraid of big. And big is your friend, man. Big is your friend. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. If you switched up all your crashes right now and your rise from some really big symbols, 
course, you'd be like, oh, this is weird at first. And then I guarantee if you played with them for about a month, two months with bands, and then you went back to your smaller cymbals, you'd be like, no, no, I can't do this. I got to go back. It, it, it literally just the way it sits in the mix, man, when you're playing, it could be live or in the studio. Like it just, there, there, there's something about them that really sits. And I shit you not, man, every producer, every sound engineer is like, God damn your cymbals. And I, and I got the idea. I, I stole it from, there's another local drummer here. He used to play with John Mayer for like 10 years. And, and now he, he's actually getting ready to play with Gary Clark Jr. He's playing with Tedeschi and trucks, but he's a bad motherfucker, man. And, uh, He's always had big symbols. I used to go see him in these small rooms here in Austin. I'm like, God damn. You know, you like 26. JJ Johnson. Um, okay. Uh, short uh, little brother, man, uh, about my complexion, but he's, he's been around for a long time. And, uh, but he always had a big kick, you know, like a 26, and he'd have these big ass symbols playing these small little clubs, man. But I, one thing I noticed was, it's like having an amp that's you can get really loud, right? You got the headroom to do so. Doesn't mean you will, right? But there's something there's something about the headroom when you have that much under the under the hood of a car. You know, like a, imagine like you know like a, a 442 or a, a GTO. They got all that muscle under the hood, and and the, having that headroom gives you way more options, and it gives yeah. you sonic options too. It does, man. It really does. Uh, if you need it to be shortened, then just fucking put your hand on it really quick, man. But for the most of the most most of the music I play for is is natural uh, openness anyway. You know what I mean? Like, right. so it, it makes more sense for me to play that stuff. But even when I play with my metal band, the cymbal sound fucking am- amazing, man. Like it, through and through, I'll walk off the stage and I'll play "Come and Take It," which is like the metal venue here. And the guys are like, God damn, you symbols sound fucking good. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. <laughs> and, 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 then right. play, and then I go play a blues gig after that. And the, I'm like, God damn, those symbols sound good. Like my symbols universally just, they, there's something about them, the way I pick them or, and, and what I need out of them. man. I think it's very important that uh, I think it's one of the most, and like this producer said, it's one of the most underrated and not talked about things when it comes to drummers is symbols symbols is the last thing they really think about they'll, they'll go by this drum set and then they'll go buy you know like a sabian you know b8 pack right you know what i mean oh yeah and nothing against the b8 pack but it's like you gotta understand something man just save the money up save the money up bro dude save the money you can make a mediocre drum sound pretty decent you can't do shit about shitty symbols <laughs> But you can't exactly. You can't do shit with nope. city symbols. Nope. <laughs> I know pearl exports. You can you can buy you can go buy a pearl export, right? Put some 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 uh, like a you know like a probably like an emperor on that bitch. Uh, dip them down on the bottom, tune them up, and it, it'll be banging. You get some bad symbols, and they just ain't nothing you can do. Ain't nothing you can do, man. It's horrible. Uh-huh. No, it's it's so, bad. I say I say save the money up, man, and. Just don't go buy the symbols that you see everybody else buying because this drummer plays this and that drummer plays that. Go out and find – it's another deal. you know. Like, it's an expensive lesson, though. That's the problem is depending on the person, 
it's really important to understand how you hit the drum, right? How oh, you hit sure. this, how you're hitting it is so important. Um, cause it can mean you breaking shit all the time because mm -hmm. you have really bad technique. Doesn't even mean you're hitting hard. Just means you have bad technique sometimes. And it's, it's, it's translating when you hit shit, you know, um, learn how to hit the toms, learn how, what works best with you because there's that's a reason there's a reason why there's so many sticks when oh, yeah. sticks because everybody is different and hits different but as long as you can pull out the tone with how you need to that's all that matters right oh, so for sure. you know like understand just because you see this guy playing them symbols doesn't mean you need to be playing understand that just because this guy plays this doesn't mean you mean to play this either it might be a point you want to start at but you need to understand that that guy's playing different sticks he hits differently. He's drawn up the tone, you know, completely different than the way you would. You know, um, I never forget. I was doing this gig. I used to have this gig every every Monday night down here at uh, on Sixth Street, and it was fucking fun gig, man. It was really easy. We show up, no rehearsals, and it was just we knew parts, and uh, it was improv. Right. And the, the bass player, the singer, would you know yell out you know a key phrase. And it'd be like, oh, we're going to do this part. And we do right. it, right? And it was not uncommon for a bunch of the musicians to come up and jam, you know, all the local prof professionals. So one day this guy gets up and he grabs this other guitarist's guitar, you know, and guitarist goes down and takes a shot or whatever. So he starts playing it. And I immediately was like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, seriously, man. I was like, what the fuck? So after the gig, after the, you know, he played like one or two songs and then got on stage. And after the gig, I said, hey, man, what did homeboy do to your rig? And he goes, what do you mean? I said, it sounded like shit. I said, it, it just immediately went dead and no life. And, and it almost sounded like, like, he, like he turned the power off, you know, like, uh, like or half powered it or something. Right. And he goes, oh, no, he didn't do anything, man. He just started playing through it. I'm like, no, dude, no, man. Like, it sounded like he lost power. And he goes, yep. I'm, waving, I'm waving my fingers right now. And I said, say what? And he goes, dude, he goes, of course, the amp is important. He goes, but most of your tone, your signature comes from your hands. Yep. You know, like if you get Eddie Van Halen on any rig, on any guitar, he's going to sound like fucking Eddie Van Halen. Yep. It's just the way, you know, it's the way you play it. Now, if you have an amp that you really dig, then that helps your playing that much more. Oh, for sure. But he's going to sound like Eddie Van Halen or, or insert anybody else, you know, B.B. King, you know, these cats are they're legends and they're legendary because they have their own thing. And it doesn't matter where they get on, they're going to sound it. And uh, it's important to understand that you need to be able to draw out tone of your drums and cymbals, man, and understand the reason why your drums sound the way you do is either, you know, your choice of heads you don't know how to fucking tune or you're just hitting the drum like a pussy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or, or you, you could be using the wrong sticks, you know, and, and it's because, you know, this person used those sticks and now you're using them. And I right. was like, no, understand. I went through a stick period, bro. Like I didn't have the same stick for like, like a good fucking three years, man. I always had different sticks. <laughs> I would buy, a, I would buy, you know, like six pair of this sticks or maybe a brick. Right. Check them out. And I'm like, yeah, I'm digging these. And then I would be at the drum shop and I'd be like, I dig these though. So then I buy these. 
And it took me a long time to finally, but I have three pairs of sticks that I, I use that right. I've been now using for the last probably, you know, 12, 15 years where I've but just I, been. Okay. I think, no, I was going to say, I didn't mean to cut you off. I think that's so um, with all musicians. I think that's so lost that nobody gets into their gear and figures it out. See, I, I'm over here uh, geeking out that you took three years to find your sticks. I think that's the fucking coolest thing ever because you weren't just sitting down going, okay, I got this. And then you just, you're, you're off to the races. You actually went, this is cool, but you know what? This is kind of cool too. Hey, that's fucking cool. I like that. I don't think guys do that shit enough. And, one of the things I used to teach my kids, and I've said this to any musician that'll fucking listen to me, you can, and it's mostly drums, you can take 10 drum kits, the exact same 10 pieces of gear, however you want to word it, the exact same pair of sticks, the exact same sheet music, and take 10 different drummers and set them all down, and you're going to get 10 fucking different things every oh, yeah. time. And I just don't think guys research shit enough and they don't know their gear well enough and they don't take, I don't think they even don't take it. I think they don't want to take the time because it is fucking tedious. Trust me. You know, as well yeah. as I do, that shit's yeah. tedious as hell to take a drum apart and put it back together and put this head on it and then try this tuning. Ah, fuck that head doesn't work. I had a rig. In fact, I still have it. I, I don't, I don't play it anymore. I had a rig that I bought. I got a killer deal on it, and I've had this rig for, I don't know, 24, 25 years. I've had it forever. I won't play it anymore because I can't get parts for it. But I bought it. I put Remo pinstripes or something on it, and I absolutely fucking hated it. Hated it to the point where I was about to throw them outside and say, just fucking come take them. And a buddy of mine said, hey, have you tried Evans? And I said, what the fuck are Evans? I didn't know anything. It was 25 years ago. He said, there, it's another brand of heads. Just put these on there. I don't remember what it was. It might have been um, their Generas, their old Generas, which are now the G2s. I'm an Evans guy now. But point is, I put the, the Evans on there, and I kind of did some tuning tweaks, and I went, oh my god, this is not even the same fucking drum kit. How is this even possible? And from that point on is when I figured out how to tune, take my time. Oh, you know, if I go down an eighth of a turn, it actually makes a fucking difference. And I just don't think enough guys do that shit. And I think a lot of the, especially in the metal stuff with what you're talking about, I think a lot of that shit would be solved if they would. Dude, take an hour a day and figure out your fucking instrument. Just do it. Well, you know, like, uh, unfortunately, a lot of these cats, you know, they get their, those kits. And shit, man, I've been in the rooms where they're like, hey, man, can you come over and help me tune? I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll tell them the, what heads to get. And then I show up, and the kit is probably like three years old at this point, and they still got the same fucking heads I had on there when they bought it. You know, like the factory heads. I'm like, dude, right. no wonder you're unhappy, man. Like, yeah, this is, you know, like you should immediately pull the heads off of this bitch. When I got that Dixon kit, uh, I literally, um, I went through probably, uh, probably about four or five different head combinations. Right. Before, you know, I was like, "All right, it's gonna take this bottom head." You know, right. I, I I used I used uh ambassadors for the longest, and then on this kit, I got to put diplomats on the bottom. And uh, yeah, but you but you sense. took the time to figure it out, and now you're not only does it, not only are you happy with it, it's part of your sound. It's exactly what you were yeah. talking about earlier, and I, I just yeah. don't think enough guys do that shit. 
No, they don't. They don't. Unfortunately, they don't, man. You know, and that goes. I mean, that's that. This is a, a tangled web right here because you're talking about. You know, sometimes I believe in. Hey, man, doesn't matter. Just fucking play, right? Right. And then there's then there's times when like, no, it matters. You know, you're, you're stuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, like there's cats out there. You know, I'm gonna give an example, like. There's cats out there that got the best equipment. You can tell they got some money. They got a probably good day job, and they buy all this gear. And um, but you know they're okay. And then there's cats <laughs> out there. There's cats out there, man, that you know got some booty ass gear. And I'm not saying everybody that's got a good job that has a great kit, you know, ain't that good. I'm just saying that cliche type exists. It, cliches are cliches yeah. for a reason, my friend. <laughs> and, you know, and, and I would tell him, hey, man, quit. Shut up about your fucking gear. You need to practice on fucking, you know, on playing. You know, yeah. forget about the gear. You know, you should have bought a CD seven hundred, and then you earn them. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like some, sometimes, man. Unless, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are cats out there that are serious about it, but there are cats that are fortunate that they get like you know like a forty five hundred fucking dollar kit for the first kit, right? And they, they, they and you know. They're kind of like weekend warriors, maybe, or it just sits there and collects dust. Uh, I think sometimes it's good to have good gear, but sometimes I think you need a shitty piece of gear to understand what good gear is really worth. What good gear is really worth, but also if you're really even interested in it. Oh, I agree. If you're not going to, if you don't know, then don't spend all that money on a kit. You know, like just go out there and buy something that sounds halfway decent. And it's, you know, you can go find one for like $500, $600 used or whatever stage, you know, insert whatever that entry level kit that every brand has. Right. And, um, if you have fun on that and then want to pursue it, then go buy the $3,500 kit. Get, but get better at it too, you know, just. I, I got wo- my, uh, my Gretsch kit is a Gretsch USA Custom. And it's the first brand new off the showroom, quote unquote, rig that I have ever bought. Every rig I have a, I, I've ever had up to that point has always been used. And I've had garbage and I've had nice shit. Don't get me wrong. I still have some nice shit, but that Gretsch USA Customs like a goddamn Cadillac. But it's I had been playing for 26, 27 years before I bought my first brand new kit. I always bought used shit. What you laughing at? <laughs> no. Hey, man. You know, um, sometimes... I think it's really important for people to 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 feel both sides. I know cats that refuse to buy brand new. Um, I bought brand new once in the beginning. This Dixon kit is my second. Uh, not to lie, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm lying through my teeth right now. There was a period where I didn't buy brand new kits, and then my last three kits have been all brand. One, yeah, three kits. The last three or four kits been all brand new. Gotcha. I don't think there's anything wrong with either side of it because I've always had nice gear, but I do. The the only reason I brought it up is because I agree with you. There are those guys that have shit piles of money and they go out and buy stuff and you watch them play and you go, eh, whatever. You know, man. Sometimes you know there are those 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 people out there that that are uh, just because they're rich doesn't mean you know they don't have the drive. You know, because it definitely is what it is, man. And you're a musician. You have to bite. You it, it either bites you, and, and it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor or whatever. Oh, absolutely. You want to play? Mm. You know, like John, John Five is a classic example. John Five, the guitarist. 
fucking believable guitar player. Yeah, and rich. and super nice guy too. Super fucking rich kid. He grew up as a rich kid. Super rich, like super fucking rich. Oh and, hell, I didn't uh, know that. Oh yeah, yeah. He grew up super rich, but is a monster. Is a oh, yeah. fucking monster. You know what I mean? I used to go watch him play, and I lived in L.A. He would play a. Uh, it's called the Key Club, and uh, just blow my fucking mind, dude. That guy's badass. He, I badass. don't think I, he's one of the guitar players, and and we're not going to get off on a tangent because I'm gonna I'm about to wrap this up with you because I know you need to go. Um, but he's one of those guitar players that I think is criminally underrated. Guitar player, guitar players know how good he is, but most other musicians and just kind of outskirt music listeners have no clue how fucking good that dude is yeah no he's really good man he's really good i uh i'm I'm a real big tone fanatic i Mm -hmm. love uh i mean i play guitar too uh not as good as 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 drums uh at all i've been practicing a lot though lately Mm -hmm. i'm trying to get my my solo game up and uh i'm serious I'm serious, man. Like I, I've been practicing solos for like the last three months now, man. And just ever since the Rona, just been sitting. At, you know, I'll play some Allison Chains, l- learn a couple of the, uh, right. you know, Cantrell solos, and uh, oh, that's a good place and, to start. Yeah, you know, because it's bluesy, it's successful, but he's fucking badass. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, I was not being sarcastic when I said that. Dude, that dude's a monster too. He's got some tasty shit. Oh yeah, bro. Tone for I love tone, dude. I really am the guitar rigs, man. Like I, even you know every 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 rehearsal I still this day. Any band I play with, because uh, you know I do a lot of session work. I'll, I'll, I'll call in, you know, and the first thing I do is when I meet the band, I'm sitting there talking, and then immediately look over at the rigs. And I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, nice, nice, right? And um, and I when I lived in L.A., I actually worked at Wagner Amps. Oh no, so shit. I, yeah, yeah. That's actually how I actually started my own business too back then. And I used to manufacture high instrument cables, tubing cables, power cables. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you didn't know that about me. See, I, I, I'm, I'm not as flattered anymore that you. I thought you loved me, but you don't know shit about me. But no. Motherfucker, I told you when we started, I don't know shit about you. You can't use my own shit against me. It doesn't work that way. Besides that, it's my show. <laughs> no, you're right. So, um, I. <laughs> I literally, um, no, dude, I was in L.A. I was in L.A. Uh, short story, I wasn't having a lot of luck out there playing. Right. And I got frustrated and uh, started my own business at the behest of the manager of, of Bogner, telling me I need to start my own company making cables. I'm like, get out of here, man. He goes, dude. Because I wired up all the speaker cabinets there, testing them out. But I also made cables in-house, right? Right. For You know, like if somebody came to Jay Leno, needed a, an amp cabinet cable, whatever, we give it to them. And uh, so I was always making that shit. And my, my, my boss was like, dude, you know, come up with some badass shit, put a, make a cool name. Boom. You're off to the races. You work for Bogner. And he was right. He was right. It took me a minute. I'm like, I'm a drummer. Fuck that. I'm not going to do that. And then... I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And I did it. And within a year, I had distribution worldwide. Nice. I had distribution in Japan. Cause I worked at Bogner. I worked at Bogner, man. Like it, 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 connection is everything. Oh, it's, for sure. Uh, you know, I'm getting ready to um, 
I don't know if you know this, but I got my own channel, right? My own YouTube channel. Yeah. And I've been making, been making like review videos and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I watched your one on Virgin Kicks versus non-Virgin Kicks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry on. I got no comment. You got no comment? No, they, I got no comment. So, um, Virgin all the way. Virgin all the way? Virgin all the way. That's why I said I had no comment because I knew that was coming. <laughs> you know, I, I, I did Virgin for the longest, man. I did Virgin for the longest, and then I, I, got, I got tired of I do not like setting up. Uh, you know, as a, uh, it's for the most part, if you're playing shows, you're going to be on the bill with somebody. All of us, you know, most of us all play locally. Right. And unless you're playing for some big act, your kit gets torn down, moved all the time, right? And the thing I noticed about it was, was like, I could never get my kit exactly where I wanted it to. The toms, that is. And, you know, being a guy that plays so much different styles of music, I don't have the luxury of having just one type of setup. Even if I had the same drums, Right. It set up. It'll be set up differently when I go to this gig than at this gig. So um, I noticed whenever I did a, a house gig or a um, backline gig that had a tom mount on the on mm -hmm. on the kick, dude, right. it was like every fucking time. Yes, yes. And, and then uh, me and a buddy got into a huge conversation about it. I was like, "That's it. I'm going back to fucking." Uh, standing on the on the uh, on the kick, and I did it with the dicks in it, and I fucking love it. I love it, and I, I go to a gig, and well, not now because the Rona, but um, yeah, thanks, Rona, you was, fucking whore. I was going to gigs, and I would say most of the, most of the beginning of the year, I did, I did a bunch of headlining, so it was pretty easy. I didn't have to move my gear as much. Right, but uh, the, the end of the year, uh, I was doing a bunch of sub work, man, and just doing local bands here, man. It was a godsend having that in there. And sonically, man, you can't really hear a difference. You know, like, I, I, I should have said in the video that, you know, this is a 24-inch kick. I don't know what it's going to sound like on a 20 or a 22. Right. Uh, I think the bigger the kick, the, di the diameter that is, uh, the less it's going to kill any frequencies because it's a big-ass fucking drum. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, I agree with that part. I don't sonically nobody's gonna know. Just like nobody's gonna notice if you leave your bare your uh fucking easy for me to say. If you leave your beater buried in your head, nobody's gonna notice. You're gonna have one douchebag at the back of the room with the impress me bro stance, and he's gonna hear it because he's a fucking douchebag. But other than that, nobody's gonna be able to tell the difference. The reason I like a version so much is because I've already told you I'm five nine and a half on a good day. But the way I sit when I play, I sit like I'm six foot five, and it's I go real high. My I'm probably almost at a, I don't know, a 35, 40 degree angle with my thigh. That's how high I sit, and I my kick drum is super far out, like I'm driving a car. So the problem is because I I use the slide and all that shit, but I also kick so hard that the further away I get from my kick drum, I actually have a little more control. So it's a physical thing with me. But if I have a tom mount on my kick. My tom immediately goes from here to there, and it, it's too. Even though I have long arms for somebody who's only five nine, it's too fucking far for me to go. 
and I only use one rack anyway, 99.9% of the time. So I just don't understand. That's why I don't like a virgin. Why, why is I your feet know. so far away? I sit really far back. If you go, and I'll edit this out because I don't want you to think or anybody else to think I'm plugging my videos and shit. If you go on either my Instagram or my Facebook, dude, I'm kind of an arrogant prick. Now, whatever. I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm too old to care. But if you go look at my videos and look at the way I sit, you'll see what I'm talking about. I sit really far back from my kick drum. And it's because I ergonomically and physically, if my knee is right above my foot, I feel like I'm just stomping down. I don't feel like I have any any dynamic control of my pedal. So if I go further yeah. back, my foot can move if my knee is further back from my foot. I feel like my foot can move and I have more dynamic control over my pedal. I can go real soft. I can do the thunder thing. I can do the slide technique. I can get all the triplets out and all that bullshit. That's why I sit so far back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your knee shouldn't be above your foot anyway. That's that's too fucking far, man. Oh, no. yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. Well, I was just giving you kind of the ergonomic of how I started to sit far back, and that's why I don't like a kick with a, a mount in it because it's, well, God, motherfucker, that's too far. Because I also, and I know it's a video, see how my arm is? I do not believe in that. I ain't reaching for a fucking thing. You know what I mean? I'm not doing shit. I'm not. I don't want to do any of that. I want everything right here, right within my reach. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That no, no. It's it's. Um. I I think it's a, it's interesting. Uh, it's interesting physically how people set the drums up and the cymbals. Um. Oh, I actually sure. put my my cymbals far away because I got really long fucking arms. Right. So doing this, if I if I hit my cymbals here. I'm hitting the edges as opposed to, you know, you know what I mean. Like if I, if oh, I want yeah, to get yeah. the belly, I want to get the belly of the symbol. They have to be out. Yeah. If I, no, if my, I hit like this far enough away for sure, I'm just not. I don't like the extension, like where my elbow is popped because my arm is so. No, it, 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 it shouldn't be like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like hate that. that. I can't play. You no, know, like, like you know. I was really lucky and fortunate that I, I, I didn't, like I said, I didn't have bad habits in the beginning. I just needed to do some other things correct. Right. But but I, I had a um, really good understanding of how to sit at a kit, right? Ergonomics. I was always kind of into ergonomics. And right. I get, really got into it once I, I started getting into it. But that's one of the things I would do is I would sit down with just the snare drum. Mm -hmm. And I'd have that in front of me. And then I, all right, let me put the kick down. And then I put the kick down I'm like, okay. And this is all without moving. Right. You know, so like, I'm always going to be in the same position. So it's like, I put the kick down right there and then, then the hi-hat stand, then the Tom floor, Tom. All right. First crash ride. And one of the things I, I remember, uh, Dennis Chambers said in a video, I always wanted to look like I was reading the paper newspaper while I'm playing the drums. Right. Right. And everything needs I've to be in a natural. Say that before. And everything needs to be in a natural position. You know, like it's really easy to say where it's going to go because all you got to do is just say, "All right, if I'm playing like this, where's my tendency for my first hand to go?" Right. If you're right. Off the hi hat. You know, uh, if it's like right there, then you put the tom right there, and then you know, it's like what seems natural to you when you're moving, and that's that's where you set it up. You know, I had a buddy in L.A. He set up his. This motherfucker was all about the looks, and you know, it's LA, <laughs> it, and it's 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 LA, man. It's LA. 
and he fu- he fucked himself up permanently. Like he can't play drums anymore because of it. Because he had his cymbals super high and super flat, and he was he ended up fucking up his his arms really bad. Man. Yeah, he, he probably do, got like, tennis elbow and shit. They they did they did uh they did these nerve transplants. Ugh. Yeah, dude. And it really didn't take. It really didn't take. Um, that sucks. Yeah, I hate to yeah, hear man. that shit. Yeah, but you know, man, people don't understand. Like they want it so badly, and and they're in denial. That's what I was talking about earlier. Being in denial, man. It's like I will make my set look cool, but it's gonna be. It's gotta be at my for my comfort. You right. Know, the drums are such a physical thing. They're the most personal instrument ever fucking created in the history of ever. And, and you really need to understand how your body moves, right? Yep. yep. You know, I'm, one of the things I'm 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 been doing for the last week is I've been developing lesson plans. Uh, I'm, I'm getting my website ready and start selling lessons, and I'm talking about setup, you know, basic stuff, but understanding how your body works. Everybody's body's different, right? You know, yep. or not everybody's. Yep. But there's only so many body types. There's only so many body types, and you need to understand your body type. And what works best, and how you move. Watch yourself in the mirror. You know what I mean? Oh, for I, sure. That's, that's one thing I did when I immediately when I said, "All right, I'm gonna become a professional." I went out and bought me a cheap. I never forget this cheap plastic. It was plastic frame, but it was still a mirror. It was yeah. real glass, and from Walmart, right? And it was probably about you know this wide and probably head level. And I put it next to me, man, in the living room, and I would just practice. And I'd stare practice. at it. And then, uh, you know, I sit there with my hands, did a lot of, you know, hand technique, and I would sit there and watch and make sure that I'm relaxed as fuck. And to this day, even if I'm nervous, I get called for a gig. I'm like, fuck, all right, yeah, I can do it. I can do it. I'll, 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 I can do it. I'll try to learn the tunes in fucking 24 hours. Right. And you show up to the gig, and you're just like, okay, how's this going to go? All right, boom, boom, boom. Start reading the charts. And... You're on, you're on edge. You're not, you're not able to sit back and relax like you normally would right. when you know the material. You know, yep. uh, so you sit there I've got and you're plenty of those calls. <laughs> yeah, you, you're, you're literally a little on edge a little. So you sit there at the end of the gig. Somebody walk up to me and go, "Dude," and I'm not saying it's too my own horn because I'm not playing fucking rocket science. It's, it's not like I was playing with Alan Holdsworth. I'm playing some singer songwriter, or I'm playing country rock, or I'm playing R&B, whatever it may be. Right. And without a doubt, every time, or not without a doubt, but without failure, somebody walk up to me and go, dude, um, you look so relaxed when you play. And the funny thing was, like, I didn't feel relaxed tonight. But I make it a point that I practice so much being relaxed that, man, if, if you want the drums, because the drums is all about feeling good. Oh, for sure. Feeling good, feeling good while you're playing it, but it's, drummers need to understand their role, man. They really do. It doesn't matter. Maybe other than death metal, because you ain't going to be grooving to that shit. Um, <laughs> it, it, is, it is important. I'm going to send you to death metal therapy. <laughs> <laughs> it is important, man, that you have a good feel. Absolutely. You have to have a good you know, The Drummers need to understand your role as a drummer is to keep the groove, you keep the time, and you keep the feel. If you have no feel, then what the fuck are you doing? If you have no time, then what the fuck are you doing? You need to focus on both of these and understand you are there to be the driving force behind the band. 
and provide a feel. It's just not about the the note you're playing. Understand how to place that note down. You know, I'm, I'm, I've actually taught, you know, I've given lessons to people like, look, man, you want to play like me? And they're like, dude, I want to play like you. Like, I'll play a, for, uh, just a simple groove, but it sounds so stiff. I'm like, because you're fucking stiff. Right. You <laughs> understand, you need to relax. You need to practice being relaxed. You need to practice on whipping. You need to practice on, if you want to sound like me, that means understanding how to whip the stick into the head, into the symbol. You know what I mean? You can't sit there and go, Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And, you know, no. and uh, for anybody that can't see, I was moving really stiff instead of whipping my wrist. You know, um, I use my really awesome. Big, so I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I use real big sticks, man. I use oh, big okay. sticks uh, and I let them do the work. You know, I play uh, Vic Firth metal and the ones that look like matches. The those, red are the plastic tips. those are the plastics. I don't use wood. I use wood. Okay. Tips. Uh, and it's just the, but the plastic tip is the one with the red. Yeah, but just imagine that one, but with just a wood tip. It's fucking huge. Gotcha. Yeah, those things are huge. Yeah, man. And it, I love them. I love them. I can move all around the kit, no problem, because I'm bouncing like a motherfucker off of them. Right. I was, what I was going to say a second ago when you were talking about whipping and you were doing your hands like that, my my amazing wife will go watch somebody or something, or we'll go watch one of our friends, and she'll look at me and she'll go. That boy's got some pasta in his diet because he's just got this. He's got that fluid motion. And then we'll go watch somebody else and she'll go, that motherfucker needs to eat some skitty because he is stiff as a board. <laughs> 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 Shit makes me so happy. I love oh, it. Uh, man, drummers, dr dude, you're only any band. It doesn't matter. You can have an okay guitarist or maybe a somewhat okay bass player or somewhat okay singer. But if you got a somewhat okay drummer, your songs just really suck, man. Like, yeah, it's, they, it's hard. It, it's really hard, man. You know, drums are there to drive. People need to understand that philosophy as well, man. It's drums are there to drive. Even in a ballad, it's still a driving force. It could be brushes. It's still a driving force. Yep. You know, don't sit back there and pedal paddle or be afraid to drive the bus, man. You know, I was like, when I get on a gig, I don't give a fuck who it is. This is where it is. And this is what I say. You know, then I can, uh, of course, you know, like if they tell me the grooves that, you know, 150 beats per minute, that's a different story. But right. when I start playing, you're not dissuading me from anything. Uh, you know, I'm not going to move. I've had bass players that like, you know, they slag or they rush or the guitarist does that. And I'm like, nah. No, it's right here. Follow, follow me, motherfucker, because this is where you it's going to stay. I, I am the boss. Yep. And, and, and people need a, uh, people need to have that attitude when they're playing, man. It's like, no, man. You know, no. And understand, don't be that, don't be that arrogant. If you can't do it and you think you are, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. Like, don't do that shit. Don't do that shit, man. Be, uh, I, I do this only because I've been doing it for a long time, and I know for a fact that my shit is solid when I play. So, right. you know what I mean? There, are, there have been times, man, where I've questioned myself. I'm like, the fuck? Is, <laughs> am, am I the one that was off? I'm like, no. Nah, no, nah, that wasn't me. Was that me? Nah. Was that, nah, nah, wait. I look at somebody and be like, hey, was that me? Was I behind? Nah? All right. I 
didn't think it was. I didn't... <laughs> <laughs> in in uh, the last couple of bands I've been in, I've I've started them and I run them and all that shit, and I've been using some tracks. The 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 band I was in that I just ended a couple of years ago was was really heavy with uh, backing tracks because we were doing a bunch of '90s pop and '90s hip hop and shit. And I, so I'm playing to the click, and I used to do backup vocals and playing drums and blah blah fucking barf kill me um but the cool part was is i would have nights where i would get off of the track and i'm going i'm looking at my pad like there's something wrong with my yamaha dtx 12 going the fuck are you doing man like that thing had the issue instead of me and then i I, i'm listening going where's the click this thing stopped fucking work that's how shitty i got for a minute because i was no (laughs) Fuck you. No, the machine's wrong. I'm not wrong. And then my guitar player's turning around going, dude, where are you? I'm I'm fighting inanimate object over here, motherfucker. Keep playing. Don't you fucking worry about it. I used to do that shit because it would make me so mad. I'm like, how am I getting off the click? Fuck you. I'm on you. You're fucking up. I used to. No, dude. The click click is truly amazing. You know, Um, I, I know cats that they can't play unless they have a click. It trips me out. Um, I'm pretty solid. I'm real solid. Uh, I can play to a click, no problem, and I can play without a click, no problem. Right. I'm I'm the same but, way. But the, it, it's it's amazing sometimes, especially if you're not in the right headspace. Uh, how you can go in and start playing, and you're like, "Whoa, wh- wh- what the fuck am I doing right now?" Right. You know, it's like, "Holy shit!" Um, so I mean, it there there are those moments of getting off. Not that way, sometimes kid. You, dirty bastards. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> man, I've had clicks that get off. It's very important as well, man, if you're in a session, that everybody records to the click. I did a session once, man, where they gave me the click, and I'm playing, and the producer stops, and he goes, hey, you're getting off. I'm like, yeah, I felt that too. We start the song over. This happened four times. I said, dude, what the fuck? And I said, and he goes, you know, I, I remember recording it without a click. And I'm like, oh, dude, he goes, <laughs> you know, we, we, we recorded, you know, like the, 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 the first couple of bars with the click and then he turned it off. So I'm like, yeah, you can't do that. And then have me be on the click, you know, like it's just, so it's the minute we turned the click off, locked right in, no, right. Click, you know, because they're, they, they were moving. You know what I mean? No, and the click I, I wasn't totally when I was, So like, it, it started getting to the point, man, where it, it didn't sound like that weird flam. Like, I'm just like, like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm going to tell you this story, and then we're going to wrap this thing up so you can get to bed. Um, I, I, we did a show one night, and it was a, uh, it's a Carrie Underwood song that we do in my band called The Swerve, and it's uh, uh, Church Bells. So it's got this, I, I've got all these samples and shit, and I'm not running tracks like I was before. I'm just running a little four, four to six bar preset loops. I'm still playing to a click on certain songs, not all night, but just so I know where to put the the sample. So we sit down, and, and I, I, or I sit down, and I, I hit the click, and I, I'm looking over at my Yamaha, and I see the light, and I'm, I can't hear it because a lot of nights I'll play to just the light. Um, I know that's shitty, but I don't need it because I'm not playing an entire track. I'm just, like I said, I'm just using it for samples. So I'm, I'm looking at the light and I'm going, that fucking thing's slow as shit. This sucks. So I, I, I pop in a headphone real quick and I 
this fucking click is slow. And I start the song and I'm just, what in the, and I start speeding up. I had forgot that when I got to, I almost got in a wreck, not a bad wreck, just a little fender bender thingamabob on the way to the gig. So I was all, and I had way too much coffee and I swore to God that fucking click was slow. So we got done with the song and I looked at my singer. I said, I'm going to need you to talk. Because I, I do this whole hand signal on stage. If I do this, that means I either fuck something up or I have to fix something. Run your mouth. So I've got my singer and my guitar player running their mouth, and I'm going through all the fucking presets. And I'm like, God damn it. It was right. Fuck. Made me so mad because the reason I tell you that dumb story is because exactly what you just said. If you're not in the right headspace, that will fuck you up too because that click does not move. That bitch is a machine, and it is designed to do one thing, to put you in oh, your yeah. damn place. You know, oh, yeah. I and that that just happened last year, and it's you kind of. I mean, I shouldn't say you. I will say me, because I'm so good at playing to a click, and because I'm so good at not playing to a click. As far as not moving, I don't fluctuate very often. It very rarely happens, and I don't say that out of arrogance. Like you, I've been doing this for thirty fucking years. I kind of know what I'm doing, but you get that night where you're off because you've taken it for granted for so long that you can do it. And then you you swear that there's something wrong with the machine or there's something wrong with the click or the metronome or whatever you're using. And you go, oh, maybe it is me. Maybe I just have been taking this for granted for so long. And maybe I had a fucking shitty day. And you don't realize it because you get <laughs> – you don't realize it because you're in that, that, that headspace of, yeah, I can do this. Exactly what you said. Hey. And you start questioning yourself. Hey, I, I'll say this and this will be it. I was in this band. <laughs> I was in this band, and we we it was click click was everything, right? And um, you know, you lay down on a bus all day, uh, you know, you just lose energy, man. Oh yeah, for so sure. but, so before the gig, I would slam a Red Bull, you know, and I'd slam a Red Bull, and we get up there on stage, and I'd push the click, and I just feel like one, two, three, four, and just start playing. Like, slow down, slow the fuck down. <laughs> You know, because literally, caffeine just kicks in right as I'm starting to play. I'm like, one, two, three. And the click is like, and I'm like, one, two, three, four. Like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Yay, it's not just me. (laughs) Caffeine, you know, if you're going to do any type of stimulus, uh, do that, you know, a good 45 minutes before the, 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 the show starts, man. Do not slam a Red Bull right before you go on stage. <laughs> no, that's that's a bad idea. Brother, before we get out of here, do you want to plug all your shit where everybody can find you? Yeah, man. So right now I got a YouTube channel. Um, what's it called? Brian Christopher Mendes. <laughs> Motherfucker, I know you ain't asking me. I don't know shit. Right? Um, no, um, it's Brian Christopher Mendes, and I do reviews. And, um, yeah, basically some reviews, uh, I've done some reviews for like Remo and, and, um, warm audio. I'm doing some warm audio mic, uh, reviews, but I actually, those are not reviews. These are going to be how to's on how to record with a budget. Gotcha. And only a certain amount of mics, right. And, and how you, these mic techniques and, uh, but yeah, man, YouTube. And then of course, Facebook, Brian Chris Tremendous, everything's Brian Chris Tremendous, uh, my Instagram is Brian the Christopher, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Brian the Christopher. Look out for me because I'm going to have a website coming out soon, and I'm going to be uh, basically giving lessons. Um, you'll be able to buy package deals. It won't be one-on-one. It'll be 
I shoot a video, upload it, and I have a bunch of sheet music that I've written out, exercises and all that stuff. Right. And be like in-depth videos of, you know, posture and, and, and how to get the whip and, and proper setup. But there's going to be plenty of exercises to do. Man, I'm doing this one exercise that I love. I've been doing it for years, and I, I finally put it down on paper. I'm like, this is actually kind of fucking fun, you know? So It um, is. When I was teaching, uh, I, I there I have a notebook. I still have it. Yay thick, which is probably, I don't know, 140, 150 pages of shit that I've written. Written it all out, and some of it I've written out and used Finale for and printed it out, and it's all fucking pretty and shit. But it's it's cool when you have patterns that you've done for so long, and then you actually write them out, and you go, not only is this fun, but this shit's fucking cool, and I came up with that. I like that kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's 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 fun. And I, I do like teaching. I don't really like teaching to people that want to learn. Um, that's why I so quit teaching, dude. I got tired of babysitting. I said it the day I quit teaching, and I still say it. I got tired of babysitting. I'm not a fucking babysitter service. Yeah, man. Like, it's, you know, it's, if you're passionate about it, I'm just as equally passionate. If, obviously, you got pushed into doing it, then don't do it. Nah, fucking uh, beat it. Get out of here. You're wasting, you're wasting, you're wasting your time. You're wasting whoever's money it is that you're spending it, and you're wasting your teacher's time. Yep. You know, hundred percent. Because he can find somebody else to take your spot that really wants to do it. You know. Yep. I agree. Well, dude, I appreciate the time, and uh, I will be sending a bunch of people your way. And uh, please, y'all watch this motherfucker's videos because not only is he cute. All right, he's kind of cute. <laughs> he's a funny fucking dude. Brian, thanks for thanks for hanging out with me, brother. I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Uh, um, thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm glad uh, you contacted me. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for answering. I wasn't being a weirdo stalker or anything. <laughs> you kind of, you kind of weirdo, you know. <laughs> oh, I didn't say I wasn't a weirdo. I said I wasn't a weirdo stalker. <laughs> hey, hey, real quick, real quick. Man, when I, the first time I saw your profile picture, mm -hmm. I thought you were black, dude. You had this profile picture. Oh, the one with my arms crossed, like this one. And 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 it's 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 like black and white, right? It's like it's in the dark, and the way it looks, your skin tone. Yeah. I'm like, is this motherfucker black? Like what? <laughs> I'm like, is he Puerto Rican? Like, what's going on here, man? I'm a, I'm a pasty Irish kid from New York. <laughs> Dude, it, it's a trip, man. You looked black in the photograph. I was like. Ah, wow! <laughs> yeah, it's a trip. Dude. Hey, my my, my mother-in-law, she saw a picture of me, and I first started dating her daughter. Uh, for those who can't see me, I'm I'm black, but uh, my mother-in-law, you know, she's pasty white, redhead. She uh she saw a picture of me. Megan showed a picture of to me, uh, her when we first started dating, and she goes, "Oh, is he Italian?" <laughs> I said, Italian? What the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, I don't, know. I don't look anywhere close to being Italian. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, well, at least for the next uh, 24 hours, you, my friend, are Italian. I am apparently black, and we're out of here. I'll talk to you soon, brother. <laughs> Later, man. Later, man. I'll see you. Well... That's it, kids. That's the show for the week, or the show for now. I hope you got some laughs out of it. 
as I'm looking out my window, I'm watching a chipmunk and a squirrel fight. I didn't fucking know that was possible. Ooh, it's going to leave a mark. Chipmunk won. Wow. Anyway, I hope you guys dug that episode. I hope you got some laughs out of it. I hope you learned some shit. And for my drummer friends, uh, Brian is a badass. And he's got some cool opinions and insights. And he sent me the YouTube link for the original version of Antisocial, which we talked about. It is a band called Trust. And they are from France. And I listened to it. And it's fucking weird to hear that shit sung in French. Very bizarre. So anyway, that's it. I'm out of here. I hope you guys dug it. Make sure you go check out all of Brian's social media. Follow him uh, or send him a friend request. If he ever gets around to it, he might accept it. He might not. But the easier way is probably to follow him on Instagram. And make sure you check out his YouTube channel. Watch all his videos. He's got some great shit on there. He's got some funny shit on there. But he's got some insightful stuff. He's, uh, as you heard in this last couple hours when him and I were hanging, he's a smart dude. He's been doing this for a long time. And he's got some shit to say. And he's got some good points. And he's very knowledgeable. And uh, he's kind of fucking cute. But don't tell him I said so. So that's it. I'm out of here. I'm going to end this. I got shit to do. I've got some stuff I'm working on that, yes, kids, I will announce soon. But before I leave, today is Friday, June 19th. I already told you about the Delana thing, but that's not what this is about. Now, if you do not know, Jake Badger and Badger Entertainment have hooked up in Louisville to do Save the Stage 502, which is really, really cool. They're doing two shows a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and all the proceeds go to all the different venues in Louisville to keep the doors open so when all this Rona bullshit's over and we have a better handle on it, there will actually be some venues for us to go back and play. So please make sure you check that out. Check out Jake Badger on Facebook or Badger Entertainment or any of the venues. This past week they did Juicebox Heroes on Tuesday, and they did End of Me on Thursday, which was both of those shows were cool. I only caught about half of the Juicebox show, and I caught a little bit of the End of Me show. Production's great. Bob and his team are doing some killer shit. But... June 23rd, which is next Tuesday or this coming Tuesday, The Swerve, some little bullshit band I put together. Mm -hmm. That's right. My brothers and my sister and myself in The Swerve will be doing Save the Stage 502 from 8 to 9. That will be the live stream. And like I just said, all the donations will be going to the venue to keep help keep the venue doors open for when the Rona passes, when this bitch decides to get the fuck out of here, or whatever the hell's going on. I don't even know. I just play drums. I'm not real smart. So that's it. I'm out of here. Make sure you check out all of Brian's stuff. Make sure you follow the hashtag SaveTheStage502. See when the next show is going to be. I just told you that my show is going to be this coming Tuesday, June 23rd at 8 p.m., that will be streamed from Baxter's. I cannot remember who is on Thursday because my memory blows. You guys know this about me. That's it. I'm out of here. Support all your local shit. Make Oh, and by the way, just for the fucking record, if you treat servers like shit and then tip them like garbage, you're a fucking douche rocket and you need your nutsack ripped. Just saying. That's my PSA for the week. I'm out of here. I appreciate all of you. Thanks for listening. And as I say, at the end of every episode, we're going back to normal. <gasps> 
go do some shit. Yep, that's right. Go do some shit. I'm going to go back to watching this squirrel and chipmunk boxing match because, believe it or not, the entire time I've been talking, they're still out there. Not real sure what's going on. That that chipmunk, he's a wiry little motherfucker. I think he's going to... I don't know what the hell he's going to do. I think he might do a left hook or a right cross. Grab that squirrel by the tail. Ooh, that's going to leave So until next time, I will talk at you soon.